And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Nick Fulton. I'm Dylan Cuellar. And I'm Jana Gardner. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Krzysztof Kieslowski's The Decalogue. <laughs> what? Oh no. Oh no. You guys what ruined happened? my bit. You guys ruined my bit. Because I wanted to do the, the Days of Thunder bit, and you already ruined it in the chat, so... We did. So it was, you had to. That's so like when I was in college, and it'd be like you had to turn in like section three of the yeah. homework, and I was like, every, "Oh, I did section two. Every Shit. week, <laughs> there's like a minute when I'm like, "This is the right one, right? Right one. This yeah. is where we are. This is what we're watching this week." Did did that work at least for like a split second? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, honestly. Like, yeah, one second. You got me. Beca- because I have watched six of the decalogues, I was like, "Shh, yeah. where did the time go?" I've done zero. Would have been a real fun. Uh, <laughs> starting tonight but would have been a real fun uh, conversation so this is the episode where like some sad stuff happens i think and like there's a bible analogy right yeah yeah exactly there's you, some religious allegory of some kind it seems like a bummer yeah you could some, probably fake it i, I think. probably could fake my way through yeah no on this week's episode we are talking about 1978's days of heaven written directed by terrence malick cinematography by Nestor Almendros and some additional photography by Haskell Wexler and starring Richard Gere, Brooke Adams, Sam Shepard, and Linda Manns as Linda. So the legend. Uh, she's so good. Who recently uh recently passed, passed yeah. Ago. Yeah. Oh, Sad. Yeah. Oh no. Did we lose Nick already? I thought we were just having How? a silence for Linda Manns. I thought so, too. I, I was going through the crew list, and I was like, oh. yeah, it's just a great oh, movie. No. Oh, no. It's going to bring up the fact that Nick had Nestor Almendros, the cinematographer's second build in his intro. I think that's fair. I think that's a... Yeah, that's very fair. Completely fair. I'd probably go Malik, cinematographer, Morricone, and, and then from there. <laughs> okay, I sorry, I... I had her on mute. Uh, we, we thought we were having a moment of silence for Linda Manns, and then you just never came back. <laughs> no, uh, I thought this might happen. We didn't lose internet. Our power went out. Mm. So um, our we have a backup generator, but it took it takes like 10 seconds for it to kick on. And like in the time that it went off, the whole internet had to reboot. Wow. So I actually brought my headphones out thinking that it would take much longer than that and I would have to do it on the stupid phone again. But Do you lose power so often that you have to have a backup generator? Um, we lose it like maybe a couple times a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For for like extended periods of time. Sure. I was going to say, and I guess that the reason you're like, when I lose yeah. power here, it's just because it's like really windy normally. Um, but if you lose it really and it's windy like right snowy, <laughs> you probably yeah, need, yeah. need to get your heat back. Yeah. It's... Um, most of the times that we've lost it, it's been because of the wind. So it's really windy right now, and it was hailing earlier, oh, even though geez. it's like mid, it's mid fifties out, but it was hailing. Yeah, that yeah, that happens. Oh, he said that when you were doing the introduction that you mentioned the cinematographer, uh, like oh. right after mentioning Malik, and I said, yeah, that's fair in terms of the memorable aspects of this movie. Oh yeah, I mean this movie looks incredible, and I think it was the only Oscar 
this movie won with cinematography? Yes. It had, it, really? it, had, it had a couple other nominations. Um, it was nominated yeah, for original score. direction? Uh, no. <laughs> I only say Bullshit. no because, because it should have won for art direction and it does not appear to have been nominated. Um, besides like Parasite, I don't house. think there's a... They built besides house. Parasite, there's not a better like built house in a right. movie. Yeah. Truly. Costume design. Good costumes. Great costume design. Great costumes. Um, um, yeah, there's... Let's see. No acting? Insane. I was going to say, you got to throw at least four at least acting Linda. noms. At least Linda. She's actually, number one. I'm actually going to stand up for Brooke Adams. I, I was really... Oh, Brooke Adams is so good. Why? I want to, like, why doesn't she have a bigger career? Like... I know. Is she just, like... I mean, her, maybe her she's 19, too, but... Yeah, her 1978 was insane, though, because it was this and Envision, Envision of the Body, the body Snatchers. Snatchers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's so good in both. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's an, that's an incredible, like, one-two punch from the same year. But besides that, it, it looks like her career's a lot of either B-movies or... Mm-hmm. I think she did, might have done some TV. And then... Um... She, I'm not crazy, right? She married Tony Shalhoub, like that. Yeah, she's she got, married to Tony. So Shalhoub, they've yeah. got all that monk money. She's Wait. just like living and easy. She's been married for thirty years <laughs> to Tony Shalhoub. Yes, yeah. monk himself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got Was Tony Shalhoub handsome at one point? I mean, you know, he was younger. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was younger at one point. <laughs> yeah. No, they've been married since 1992. They got a couple of kids. And he's to be fair, he's got ton. a lot of charisma. Yeah. Yeah, he's still in. Uh, he's in that one show. That, this is Maisel. Yeah. Yeah. That I seem to be on an island on not liking. I've never watched it, which is crazy for me because it's uh, you know, from the Gilmore it's a Girls you. people. So you would it's think, a you thing. but every clip I've seen of it, I'm just like, I don't know. Seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt I- after watching actual episodes of it so yeah i i, I thought the first two seasons were fine but the third season was yeah. oof yeah and this is coming from someone i mean i still watch gilmore girls episodes all the time like frequently yeah. but i just i don't i don't think i can do Maisel. sorry yeah it's a good show my uh my sister and sister-in-law are both like very into um gilmore girls and my um sister-in-law's company uh just like did some printing work for or, or for Gilmore Girls, in my sister-in-law's company, just did some printing work for uh, somebody who used to work on Gilmore Girls, and they sent her or are sending her a uh, like an autographed script that they actually oh, used. That's so or, cool. Actually, no, she yeah, she already got it because uh, the last time I saw her, she said that they they actually had like people's phone numbers were scribbled in there. <laughs> oh, funny! Like people had just signed it and yeah. wrote their numbers. That's no, because they were like because it was something that they used like an actual working script. So they were like, oh hey, tell them to do this. You can reach them at this. That's funny. So uh, I told her she should make some crank calls. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to the movie yes. at hand. Days of Heaven. Dylan, you have seen this before, correct? Yep. Very good. Uh, probably my favorite Moloch. And coming out, I just feel stronger in that opinion. Um, it, it would be Tree of Life if the Sean Penn stuff didn't suck as much. But yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if we ever get to Tree of Life in these books, but I know that it was one of Roger Ebert's top ten um, votes in the yeah, 2012. Yeah, it, right. It's not. It's not in any of the books because none of them came out at that time. Yeah, but if it was a fifth if, book. It definitely. If we do draft our own 
uh, trio hundred movies. movies to do with uh, book two, um, I think that'll be a first round pick for Nick. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Jana, you had never seen. This I before. had not seen it. Um, I hadn't seen any Malik until a couple of months ago when I watched Badlands, um, which I basically did because I knew we were going to be watching this, and I didn't want to <laughs> go into it totally cold. Um, and I've sort of, it's been on my to-do list for literal years to get caught up with Malik's work. So, um, yeah, so I watched Badlands a couple months ago and then watched this for the first time last night. And I'm actually still deciding which I liked better because I really liked Badlands. Um, mm-hmm. and that I, one's I, still good, it's to be fair. really it's good. good. And it, it's just, I mean, they're different. Like, they, you can see the evolution of his, his style and his themes and everything. Um, yeah. So I, I plan to revisit them both. My plan now is to try to go through Malik chronologically. Um, I think that's a good way to go about it. Yeah. Because the, like the difference between um, Badlands and this, like Badlands is a little bit unusual for that type of movie. Like if you compare it to something like Bonnie and Clyde, it's right. definitely more artsy than, than Bonnie and Clyde is. But then the difference between that and this, where this doesn't really have... Right. A plot. I mean, it sort of does, right. but it's a one-sentence description. Yeah, and so I feel kind of like already was kind of self-conscious. Being like, do I just like Badlands better because it has a script and a story and a through line? Um, but I don't. I don't always need that from a movie. Um, I also just, in terms of performances, I thought Martin Sheen's so good in Badlands, and Richard Gere's good in this, but it's a weird role, and he's a weird guy. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I have thoughts. But, um, yeah, I would like to go through and watch Malik chronologically. Um, and it's insane that that means that my next movie would be Thin Red Line. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy to me. That's two, gonna, like, two tw- decades yeah, later? Yeah, fully jump 20 years ahead later. Well, and the other thing that's weird is I vaguely remember when Thin Red Line came out and what a big deal it was and how it was this mm-hmm. director who had been this almost like J.D. Salinger type figure who made these masterpieces and disappeared and wasn't working and then he comes back all these years later and it's so funny to think of that now because now I feel like Terrence Malick he makes a movie every couple years like yeah this he's past decade was just like one after another yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the past yeah since Thin Red Line um so it's it's interesting the you know whatever switch flipped for him there I find fascinating yeah, what did he what did he do during that time so the internet is pretty mysterious about it um he was maybe living in France. He was maybe writing a lot of screenplays that never got produced. Um, I can't imagine that he got rich off of these first couple movies, so I'm not sure how Both he was making living. Bombs, weren't they? Yeah, he must have had a job, right? Right. He must. Yeah, he might have been like living. Like, wait, was he bartending? I don't know what he was doing. Um, but yeah, pretty crazy. Could you imagine him, like Terrence Malick, being your bartender? <laughs> That'd be awesome. No. But I also have the problem that my only mental image of Terrence Malick is like that one picture of him that exists on the with internet with, with, that, with a hat on where he's like smiling. And he's got that, yeah. <laughs> he's got that kind of goofy look on his face and he has a hat. Um, yeah. How did you guys watch this? Prime. Criterion Blu-ray disc, baby. Okay, same with me. So did you watch any of the bonus features? I did not. I did not, okay. sadly. They Everyone refers to him as Terry. I know. I noticed, I did read the... I did read the... Um, essay the booklet I'm yeah. that's out. weird um yeah and, he does he does not seem like a terry he is a terrence <laughs> right no, yes i apparently he's a terry because that's what everybody everything i wrote about him every quote from any of his collaborators were like and then terry did whatever i know it's just it's wild that that who who seems like 
I imagine is the world's most serious person. Right. He seems yeah. cranky. Or, or it's like know. goes by Terry. Yeah. It's like calling him Allie Hitchcock or something. <laughs> Stan funny. Kubrick. Mm-hmm. I mean, but so you you hear it. You know, we're, we're used to people now saying like Bobby De Niro or you know mm, Marty, Marty Scorsese or whatever. Yeah. Like I yeah, kind of used to it. But they turned it, into like lovable old men. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, that's less weird now than it would have been in the seventies. <laughs> but yeah. still, mm-hmm. and and I mean, Scorsese is pretty funny or yeah. his oh, movies yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... his movies can be funny whereas i don't know if there's a single joke in any <laughs> malik movie i mean there are things that are sort of humorous just like in the way like in this the way linda says things but yeah and i feel like in, in badlands there's maybe some sort of it's all dark humor but like maybe some yeah. sort of like badlands is kind of like a dark comedy yeah in the way some of the, the stuff at least in the out. way like almost like Bonnie and Clyde could be a bit of a dark comedy, yeah, just um, more artistic. It was interesting because I remember when I watched Badlands and thinking about Bonnie and Clyde at the time, and then this less so, even though it is another sort of pair of people on the run. Yeah, um, but it was funny towards the end of the movie last night when they go running into the woods towards the very very end. And they're hiding. And Matt turned to me. He's like, what did we just watch? Where people like run into the woods and are hiding. And they're maybe hiding in a tree. And I was sitting there. And I'm like, are we thinking of Badlands? I'm like, no, Bonnie and Clyde. We're thinking of Bonnie and Clyde. There's yeah. a lot of I think early Malick was very inspired by Bonnie and Clyde. See, it seems. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, both of these movies have parallels yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Badlands, they do hide in the woods. They do right? also. I think they do. Yeah. And he sets that, like, the, the thing I remember the most, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but the trap that he sets yes. with, like, just mm-hmm. a ball of sticks. Yeah. Yeah, there's the, there's the trap he sets in the woods in Badlands. And then in Bonnie and Clyde, it's just when they're in the woods is where they, by the river or whatever, when they run into mm-hmm. the cop and pose for the photo. And, you know, yeah, everything goes bad from there. It really does. Um, one, of, one of, I had two notes on, like, how little plot was in this movie. And one of them was... Uh, so when like when I was doing like Wikipedia research, I think the Wikipedia summary is two paragraphs long. Oh, it's one tiny. of the shortest. It's one of the it's, shortest. It's minimal, plot but it covers literally everything in the movie. Right. Like it, 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 it has it and, all. And like That's the it. last two sentences are like the last twenty like twenty minutes of the movie. You know what I mean? It's like the first sentence. <laughs> he runs. The he first dies, of the and movie. then they separate. Yeah. That's it. Okay, there's fire. Cool. There's violence. Yeah. Fun. It looks um, like the first half of the first. Par- I'm looking at it now. The first half of the first paragraph is like two minutes worth of the movie, like yeah. the first two well, minutes, okay. and then the, the the next hour is a sentence. It, exactly. So I will say, kind of vaguely transitioning into talking about the movie, um, like what I knew about the movie was the premise, essentially. You know, guy accidentally kills someone, has to go on the run, takes these people, ends up at this farm. So since I knew like that was what I knew, I thought it was the plot summary for the movie. So when it <laughs> happens in the opening, <laughs> like first scene with basically no dialogue and that just all transpires, I'm like, wait, what is this movie? I thought this movie was about that happening. Like I assumed that'd be the first mm-hmm. act would be all yeah. of that, and then they're just on the farm. I'm like, oh, okay. All of cool. that happens before I think a word of dialogue is right. even spoken. Yeah, there's only the voiceover. Um, there's a well. There's a little bit of voice over there, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it. But you know, from everything I read, the voiceover wasn't originally part of the movie, and it was added later um, to. Help. And it was improvised, right? Yeah, and it, it was, was improvised by having her watch Just the movie and insane. describe what was happening. 
Um, but I tried to imagine watching that opening sequence without even the narration. And yes, I would when have been slightly I, when, confused. Who are these people? <laughs> what are they doing? Why is this happening? When I read that it, the narration was originally part of it, I was like, oh, this movie was so close to being just a failure. Like, it would have been, it looked pretty, but it would, it would have, have been it an been interesting, so artistic endeavor. Linda's narration, it just, it, it, like, really, like, centers the film in a way it wouldn't have either, uh, otherwise. Um, and talking about, like, the lack of dialogue, the other thing I wrote down about how plotless this movie is, which maybe not plotless, but just how strange it is, is my dad walked in at one point and he was like, wait, their their mouths are moving, but there's there's nothing coming out. It's just a bunch of noise. And I was like, yeah, this 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 movie's mixed, real weird. Yeah. Okay. So I <laughs> had a pretty big issue with that last night, starting <laughs> off too, because we started in the afternoon, and as I mentioned all the time, I live in like a small apartment in a crowded neighborhood, and so it's never quiet here, like ever. Um, and so I'm trying to watch this movie and it is just, there's trucks going by outside and there's sirens and I can hear my neighbors shouting and I can't hear a word that anybody is saying in this movie. And I was like, this is going to be a disaster. What am I going to do? And so I, you know, I crank it all the way up and everything and things eventually quiet down. And then I'm like, you know, this is maybe not just my neighborhood. This is a little bit the movie <laughs> like that I cannot, like, I kept pausing it and turning to Matt and going, can you, can you understand what they're saying right now? And he's like, most of it. I'm like, Okay, great. This is going to like go back a little bit and try to, um, but I, you know, I'm assuming it's intentional because there's a lot of scenes, like especially it's quite intentional in the opening, where yes. the whole point is they can't really hear, but they repeat that a lot of scenes where it's loud and everyone's mouths yeah. are moving towards each other, but they maybe can't hear each other, and we definitely can't hear them. Um, well, in the opening, they had actually filmed like dialogue scenes they'd filmed it more conventionally and then during the editing because i think post-production in this movie was a couple years yeah Yeah. they they took a really long time to like reassemble and tinker in kind of strange ways like that where they (laughs) had the whole opening Mm -hmm. just be not silent but wordless um and it seems like at least from what i know about this and then like later um at least his next three movies, uh, Thin Red Line, New World, and Tree of Life. I know Penn has said Tree of Life was way different when he shot. The shooting of it was way different than the final product. And and Thin Red Line famously was Mm -hmm. entirely a different movie, and then he just remade it in edits. And And Christopher, yeah, for, for New World, Christopher Plummer's like, Christopher Plummer's like, I won't work with them again because I shot like an entire movie and I'm not in it at all. <laughs> there <laughs> was one actor Plummer, who was like the main character and then only was in like one scene. Adrian in the Brody. Final. Adrian in Brody. Thin Red yeah. Line. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. Brody. And when you're. And when he, you're was, he just like walked out of the screen like, what? <laughs> took his family to the premiere, said, I'm the star of this movie, and then. <laughs> and there's just a bunch it. of Sean Penn waxing on. <laughs> Oh, God. There's just, like, scenes. I, I haven't seen it, but I've seen lots of clips of very famous people giving speeches. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> but, interesting, uh, yeah, interesting poor Eugene Brady. Well, yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to worry about Adrian, Adrian Brody, Brody and Christopher Plummer both went on to win Oscars since working with Terrence Malick. So, you know. Yeah. Hey, there <laughs> you go. Who's laughing now? Who else has? Uh, Christian Bale. Sean yeah. Penn. Sean Penn. But Sean Penn had one before working with Did him he too. have one 
Well, he got one for one? Dead, Dead Man Walking. Cool. Didn't he? Okay, I think you're right. But Mystic River is the one I remember, which is just like the most. Oh no, maybe you're right. Maybe it was ever. Mystic River and not Dead Man Walking. Who's the other guy in Song to Song? It's Christian Bale and Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Oh, Fassbender. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was Mystic River. You're right. Yeah. I, I was thinking it was Dead Man Walking. He had. Okay, so he was yeah, nominated he for that though, right? I feel like he was. He, he Brandon so, won. So for he it. has two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he has two since working with Malik for the first time. There you go. Does Richard Gere have an Oscar, though? Does Brooke know. Adams have an Oscar? No, no. Does Linda no. Mans? Sam, Sam Shepard was nominated for an Oscar for right, right stuff? stuff. Right stuff. My beloved right stuff. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. Um. Well, oh, who, who's the main character in Badlands? What are their names? Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. <laughs> Spacek. Spacek has yeah. one. Doesn't yeah, she? she has one. I think. Yeah. Sheen has one, right? Or does he just have an Emmy? Got Emmys. I don't think he has an Oscar. I don't Oscar. think any of the Sheens have one. No, I don't think mm. so. If you had to bet, starting now, on one of the three Sheens getting um, getting an Oscar, who would you put your money on? Still Probably Martin. still Martin. I could see him He's getting 80. a Christopher. I could see yeah. him getting a Christopher Plummer right, Christopher late Plummer's in life, right. supporting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Emilio occasionally like writes and directs things. He could maybe sneak in there on that side, but uh, I could see him I, doing like some some indie thing that ends up making it big. I think we've written off Charlie as a yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if what if he has like a Charlie Sons like McConaughey had a couple years ago though? I don't, I don't so. think that's possible. I don't think so. <laughs> Was Charlie Sheen nominated for Platoon? Oh God, he might have hope not. Yeah. I mean, that movie won Best Picture, right? Ugh. Yeah. I have not. Let's not bring it. up Oliver Stone in this beautiful Sorry. movie podcast. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So uh, to the movie, it starts off with um, the first song is not actually a Morricone song, but he does the score. I will, it's the most incredible song I, ever written. I will it's a say great song. it really threw me. Like it. I, so I think... Um, my entire letterbox review for this movie was just that all movies should use the aquarium movement from Carnival yep. of the Animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, I don't know what you guys associate that song with. Maybe this movie, maybe nothing. I associate it with this, yeah. Um, I associate it with, I used to have this thing as a kid where like you stuck a little binder book into oh, a... Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a, a, like a electric pad. And mm-hmm. then you could tell where you pressed on the book page... And it would play um, a little... And we had a composer's one, and the Saint Sans, cool. he had all the animals around him, and so you could press all the different animals, and so that's all of Saint Sans's carnival of the animals, like, associate that. That's really cool. Um, so another, um, at least to me, famous cinematic use of this song is it's what plays over the um, opening prologue scene of Disney's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so the opening mm. with like that stained oh. glass animation and it's doing the opening narration. It tells the story of how the beast came to be. And I have seen that movie a hundred times. And so as soon as this music started playing, I was like, and like, I think in my head, I just thought that was, this was the theme from Beauty and the Beast. So I would like, my brain took a second to be like, wait, <laughs> what? what's happening? This is a, like a fairy tale. And then I, I worked it out from there. But uh yeah, I love that opening. I love the music. It's also in I Fantasia, right? Probably. I know a lot. I think I know they do a couple parts of Carnival. The animals are. I'm not entirely sure if that part's in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. rewatch that. Great, great. It's a great opening. opening. I, I love the use of the photographs. Yeah. You know what that reminded me of? 
What? Raging Bull? Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I really think he was inspired by Bonnie and yeah. Clyde. He must have been. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> opening on old-timey pictures of people in troubled times in middle America. It's exactly the same. Same opening. Uh, Fantasia 2000 does use one of the oh. songs from the Carnival Is of the Animals. Is it Swan? I don't know. It, it, generally, uh, it's either Swan see. or that. It doesn't say on, on where I'm reading. Uh, so the first scene, as we've talked about, uh, Richard Gere is working in a... Is he, he's like shoveling coal or something. It's yeah. real loud. There's lots of There's lots of hot stuff around and not just richard gear <laughs> anyway so he he gets in a fight <laughs> that's a good <laughs> delayed reaction to that joke there i hate myself um <laughs> so he gets in a fight he gets in a fight with a guy like possibly his boss it, some, he's credited as like mill foreman or something like that like he's he's some sort of supervisor yeah so he ends up uh hitting the dude with a shovel and presumably kills him do we know that for a fact it's like we don't know it seems like it kills him but i believe yeah in the wikipedia summary it says kills a boss which also um it says on letterbox that uh terrence mollick is in this movie as mill worker so he must have been one of the background people in this scene interesting do you guys know who he wanted to cast as bill the uh the Richard Gere role, but they couldn't pull it off because he was too busy on a TV show. Martin he wanted, Sheen? He wanted John Travolta. Oh. oh. Who he eventually <laughs> worked with in Thin Red Line, right? Isn't John Travolta in is Thin he? Red Line? Oh, he is in yeah. Thin Red Line. Yeah. There's He's, so many people in Thin Red Line. But I, I just like that Terrence Malick's for very long. <laughs> well, sure. But I, I like that when Terrence Malick's like, I'll get you in my next movie. And then 20 years yeah. later. <laughs> Terrence Malick's at the bar that he's bartending. He's just writing John Travolta like John Travolta. Next to it. Yeah. No, I mean. Mr. John Travolta. I think Richard Gere's good in this movie. Um it's like a, it's a weird role. He doesn't do a lot or talk a lot, um, but no, because nobody does. <laughs> nobody does. But man, trying to picture trying to picture John Travolta playing someone who was alive in the nineteen teens is just yeah. Like some performers look good in period films, and some people have very modern faces. And I cannot <laughs> picture John Travolta playing a Kieran Knightley has entered the chat. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like some people have faces where it just it looks like they were, you know, came from the past, but I can't imagine Travolta. No. No. Whew. No. So I'm glad that I th- I think it worked out that Travolta was busy. Yeah. Yeah. So they start off in Chicago, but they have to run away because he killed somebody or severely maimed somebody. Best best case scenario. <laughs> so um, Bill, who is Richard Gere, and then his little sister, Linda, who is played by Linda Manns, and then Bill's girlfriend named Abby, played by Brooke Adams, they hop on a train and leave to find a job somewhere else. And they decide that they are going to tell everyone that Abby is also their sister because Apparently he thinks that's going to be easier. I, I my so my only thinking because this we talked about this last night watching it too. I guess it's just that as wouldn't it 
it been just easier to pretend to be married? Like, because I was going to say, yeah. is the idea, because mm. my first thought was, okay, well, they don't want to be like an People unmarried couple it, yeah. traveling together. That's going to be bad. But just pretend to be married. Like, <laughs> if you have to you're pick already one, lying. If you have to pick yeah. one thing you're going to lie about. Yeah. Because, and I think it's during the opening when she said, during the narration, when she says, like, they decided to be brother and sister because otherwise people talk. And it shows them, like, draped across each other, laying on the train. Mm. And I'm like, this, this is I not starting off that. well with this lie you guys have conceived. They're so bad at it. They are so bad at keeping up this ruse. And, like, almost immediately when they land at the farm, a dude cracks a joke about, oh, yeah. oh your sister keeps you warm at night? Right. They're not, feel like... they're not good at this ruse, <laughs> no. even a little. Right. So either everyone knows you're lying or they just think you have a highly inappropriate sibling relationship. Either yeah. way... Not, it's not, not good. Yeah. I will say the, the train uh, scene that they get to the farm, it goes over a bridge that looks like it's hundreds of feet in the air. Mm-hmm. That that gave me some vertigo. That was weird. If you, yeah, if I you're love that shot. I on wondered, the top of the tra- that, it's such a good shot. Is that real? Like, is that a real bridge? I couldn't tell I if that really was like a model know. or something that they made because it looked, it looked phenomenal. And I was like, is that like yeah. a really It made me a little dizzy to work? think of migrant workers on top Ooh. of it. Yeah, yeah. No, but that shot really stood out for me, too. Yeah, yeah. that's a great shot. Um, so here we get a little bit of, as they're traveling to the farm, we get some Linda narration, and she tells a story about somebody named Ding Dong telling her <laughs> that one day the world's going to go up in flames and people are going to be screaming. She's basically like, whoever Ding Dong is told her about the rapture. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there's, Good a, on there's a lot of religious elements to this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you do you know, could you tell what religion Sam Shepard's character is or supposed to be? It's like it almost like an Eastern Orthodox of some kind. Every time we see priests, they look very like orthodoxy. And I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be able to tell what that was or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, a lot, a lot of religious elements. Yeah, they never Yeah, they never say explicitly. But yeah, they are like the people in it do have like morning prayers and mm-hmm. stuff that we see a little bit of. And then the movie itself, we'll talk about some more uh, religious uh, allegories, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. The the big set piece at the end, I think. Well, sure. Yes. You had some plagues the, and what have you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hits you on the head uh, about as hard as uh, Richard Gere hit the head of the uh, factory worker. His boss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like it though. Uh, so apparently, yes. the Linda Mann's talking about the rapture was a story that, like, <coughs> sorry, when the actress um, was shooting the movie, she was staying with somebody, and the person she was staying with just told her that story. <laughs> so she just incorporated it into the. So, yeah. So Malik was just like, "Yeah, why don't why don't you do this into the microphone?" Yeah. Yeah. Re- yeah. Reading about mm-hmm. Linda Mann's life and everything um it's quite sad and quite incredible yeah um and it's also so she she both looks she's i think she's playing a little younger than she is and she also just she's so small she's just she's mm-hmm. so small she's like 16 said she's movie, 16 and, she yeah, like she's she's and it's like right next to the picture where richard gear and brooke adams are literally two heads taller than her yeah and i was like how is she 16 well, and we see her eventually you know running around with girls mm-hmm. who are her age and they're a yeah. full head taller than her also and she's she's so slight yeah the girl that she friends that she becomes friends with is like a <laughs> looks giant, like a giant. she looks like she's an actual <laughs> giant and she's probably just like a regular sized teenager 
Um, but she also, you know, has obviously this very distinctive voice, you know, way of speaking. Mm-hmm. And, and you can kind of tell that she's maybe a 15-year-old who's been smoking cigarettes um, for a few years <laughs> Most already. Like, since she was a child. Um, but, man, does it add to <laughs> the, the quality of, of what she's doing. Yeah. In the audio commentary, they tell a story about how they ended up casting her. And one of her teachers, like, came ac- across the casting um, call Mm-hmm. And they gave a call to whoever the casting director was and said, hey, I've got a girl who I think would be good for this. And she was living apparently with her, her mother and grandmother in a laundromat, they said. I don't know if they mean literally in a laundromat or like upstairs. Or like from... above a laundromat, like in an apartment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the, the only context I have is what they said, which was they lived in a laundromat. And she came into interview and they said she sat down with Malik and she said, I read your script. I liked it, and he hired her immediately. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> legend. Yeah. The legend you imagine, like, her, her, the way she says it, like, I read your script. I, I liked, liked it. it. And he's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can see him being Come convinced. On. That's by what that. I want. Yeah. I'd be convinced. So the, yeah. So the three of them uh, land on the farm, and they get jobs doing, I don't know, they're like, Picking up hay or something like yeah, that. Yeah, one thing this movie uh, really demonstrates is how different farm work used to be before we got like industrialized mm-hmm. farming, where you have the, I don't even know, tractors, mulchers, things like the big pronged metal vehicles that they're driving that are taking down the wheat. But then dozens of people have to run alongside to grab it and clear it out mm-hmm. and bundle it. It's like, oh, <laughs> you would need a hundred people to come to your farm every harvesting season and just do this backbreaking work of just like following the machines around. Um pretty mm-hmm. different. But yeah. Yeah. I I think it was an interesting comparison between the the machinery in the factory to the machinery in the farm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought it made a very good parallel between them. And also, this movie, for being so much about like the machinery uh, coming into the human world, there is a lot of nature photography in this. And I wrote down, like, you could basically cut out everything in this movie except whatever are like the nature shots, and you'd have like a 30 minute uh, documentary. Like short, yeah. Just put, just put like david attenborough narration oh. over it you, you've got like a 30 minute planet uh, planet earth episode yeah. about middle america there's there's nature. tons of you know between the so plants and the insects and the birds pronghorns this, they had pronghorns i love do you guys have pronghorns where you live well mainly talking to nick because no no okay oh i love pronghorns they're gorgeous this dude but. loves more than anything uh filming plants in right. the wind yeah yes <laughs> Just go watch Tree of Life. It. Yeah, with thin red line, it's just grass. Yeah. Well, with this, I with this seen... needs a little bit more of his people like touching the plants. Because that's, seen... that's all Tree of Life, and I haven't seen To the Wonder, but apparently that's like what most of To the Wonder is. Also, yeah. is just like people like walking around and touching nature. So, yeah. he he Malik did go on to make a nature documentary, right? A few years ago, he did. Okay. Uh, it's called Voy- It's either Voyage in Time or Vo- Voyage of Time yeah. because he has one called that and Tarkovsky has one that's the other and I never know which is which. Voyage of Time is the Malik okay. one. And I know mm-hmm. he made like a couple versions of it, like a longer one and a shorter one because the shorter yeah, f- one was the IMAX version. I feel like that's how he kind of does everything. He's got to have 
multiple eight versions of, of everything. Of yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah, I do think it's interesting that, um, like, we don't know a ton about their life in Chicago. Presumably, they weren't well off. You get the sense that they were probably poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he was he was employed. Right. Yeah, I had questions. I mean, I, and I realized it's probably not the, the not the point of the movie at all to, right, to, to right. ask these questions. But every once in a while, I would be like, "Well, did they have parents? Was he raising his sister? Is that why she had to come with him?" Presumably, that's what I get the sense of that they were like. He's probably supposed to be young twenties. Yeah, late, he's twenty. Maybe late g- years twenty nine in when yeah. the movie came out. Um, really? Yeah. He looks so young. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like, and how the, old is, do you know how old Brooke Adams was out of curiosity? A little younger, I believe. She looks 16. Yeah. She looks this very came out young. 78. I wouldn't say she looks oh, no. she's, like a teenager. She's I bet she's exact, 20. She looks she's closer the exact same to 16. Age. She's the exact oh, really? same age. They were both, Brooke Adams and Richard Gere were both born in 49 and this came out oh, in 78. Geez. So they were both 29. Oh. Um, just yeah, young looking. Were, it was also two year separation though. That's a good, good yeah, point. Yeah, That's yeah. true. They're they came out. They were probably twenty. Right, much closer yeah. to twenty six when they actually made yeah. the movie. Great that point. makes more sense. I can see point. that. Um, but also, and then so, but I feel but, like, did she have okay. a family? <laughs> like, we we don't know much about what motivates her to take off with him and, mm-hmm. and flee. Um, but well, you know. she's very motivated by lying in his chest. That's which, what he has to say. She. Yeah. I I, yeah. I don't have complaints about that. That's right. No, seems exactly. Realistic. Yeah, and, and who knows? Like you said, it seems like their lives were probably pretty tough. So might as well mm-hmm. yep. hit the road, try for something new. Yeah, I get the sense that they don't have any other, you know, support system or any right. other people to to rely on. So the shit happens. They just kind of skip town. I'm guessing they, you know, he he was a blue collar worker but clearly not a farmer. And he goes, like when they go there, the guy says, have you done this before? And he goes, yeah, like I, I did. But it seems like he's not telling the truth. They're kind of out of their element on this right. farm. Yeah. So they notice pretty early on that the farmer who um, is played by Sam Shepard, the playwright and actor and astronaut, um, has checked out Abby. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who, so he owns this farm. He lives on um, a house, like, atop the farm, basically. Seems like mm-hmm. he's pretty rich to own all this land. Yeah, seems like And it. not only this, but he owns land elsewhere, too. Mm-hmm. He, he has he at least one other farm. he sends people to other farms, yeah. yeah. So they notice a little early on that he's interested in Abby. And then after they start doing some of the work, um bill spies on the farmer basically when he's in a doctor a doctor truck comes to the house a do- yeah a doctor truck <laughs> and the doctor tells him you know he, you have maybe a year to live from not Whatever. otherwise specified can, disease can we have a brief medical corner here um sure <laughs> so is that do you think is that something that a doctor would have been able to tell somebody in like 19 19- Tens time, like would he be able to diagnose him with some sort of illness that you're gonna not make it through the year? Oh no! God damn it! Oh no! Well, I was so excited to ask that question, and it knocked out Nick's power again. 
<laughs> I, I do have a slight response, though. Oh, yeah? Um, I was watching a documentary on uh, the Windsors on Smithsonian yesterday, and they talk uh-huh. about how at that time, that was probably in the 1910s, and their doctors yeah. were able to find that uh, the king at the time, I forget what his name is, but he might have had stomach cancer, and they had to do an internal operation on him. Okay. Um, so they had some... Yeah, I mean, I figured it's possible. I think just now we think about people looking at, like, scans or blood tests or things that, you know. But I guess they they just had different ways of of diagnosing in terms of, like, yeah, you know. But also those were royal doctors for the king of England. Maybe farm doctor in farm town. Not even farm town. Also, spoiler alert for this movie. Didn't seem to actually be right, so it wasn't nope. that good of a diagnosis anyway. <laughs> Seems like maybe he or was no, just guessing. I don't know. Maybe the doctor just maybe gave him some, some pills or for something. That line was hilarious. Honestly, that, that line was so funny. I was like, maybe I should have got go. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very good line. Do you have coronavirus? Maybe the doctor can give, give you some, some pills, pills or, or something. something. Yeah. No, don't trust that, people. I'm yeah. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> we don't put out coronavirus misinformation on this podcast. No. No. God, poor Nick. <sighs> Man, the Wikipedia page for the this year's Oscars are crazy, by the way. The, the ones that already happened no, or the, the ones well, the, coming no, the 1970 whatever year this is, 1978. Oh. Let me check it out. Um I've never seen The Deer Hunter. Have you seen The Deer Hunter? Yes. Can you guess how Dylan would feel about the deer? Yeah, hunter? I mean, I had, I have been like, I when I, I when I was like a teenager or something, someone I, some other person recommended that I watch the Deer Hunter, and I like mentioned it at home, and my mom was like, "Oh, absolutely not! You would hate that movie." And yep. I, and then so like, if you know, and I think I would. I think it probably would be too dark for me. So yeah, I can't yep. imagine you're a big fan. Um, Is it a bad movie? Not really. Uh, I think it could. It, there's better movies. There's, I mean, I, I, filled with fantastic actors, no doubt. But um, yes, that's that's a better way to put it. So now we're talking about the. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Nick. You're back. Oh, he has to clear out his. Uh... And now he's gone. No, it's his phone. It's fine. He'll be oh. back. Cool. I know. Every time Nick comes, leaves, and comes back, we're gonna be talking about something weirder. Yeah. True. But yeah, um, not a big fan. I think I have it at a three out of five on Litterbox. So, yeah. interview with the vampire level of good. It is one of those years where <laughs> I'm looking at the the nominees for actor and actress, and it's all just insanely famous people. Um, my my Wikipedia is not loading. I need to see what the it's the is it the fiftieth? Fifty first. No, it would be the fifty first. Yeah. I hate that the. Uh, they say like the 1978 Oscars is uh, the movies it's, from 1977. It's so goofy. It's it's bad. Sorry, we we went on. We were we were talking Oscars and, and Deer Hunter. We're back while back you were to. Gone. Uh, oh right, yeah. My uh, I don't know if the generator like flicked off and on again or what, but it's done it twice, which is why my internet it's looks like it is back up. Yeah. Yeah. So let me see if I can get back on from my computer because it'll be easier. Although it may kick me off again, but I hear Your the generator. Audi- your Audible is still going, right? though, right? Audacity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, good. Um, I, I think that's, Nick has a very me. different opinion on the Deer Hunter than I would, though. So, 
You'd, you'd be a better, per better person to ask. I keep hitting. I keep forgetting to unmute my microphone. I do that on the microphone all the time. Yeah. All right. We're back. <laughs> Jesus. It's like every time I was complaining to Nelly about this, like when it started hailing, I'm like, it's every fucking Sunday. Every time yeah. we record, it's, <laughs> it's like I can see the winds. The like, weather just kicks in. I, I can see the wind like destroying my neighbor's trees from here. And most other days mm -hmm. this week, it didn't rain. It was like sunny, relatively nice. So yeah. That was just a particularly fun one because I, I had I had made a note to ask you that question, and then as soon as you were about I to answer off, it, yeah. you went, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that's where we were." <laughs> yeah. Yes, I asked my medical corner question, which we we theorized about while you were gone. But if you have any ideas, w with the caveat that this doctor maybe wasn't giving the most so that's, accurate that's, diagnoses, but that that's aside, where I was going to go. Is that <laughs> yeah? So my answer to the question from ten minutes ago. <laughs> is that I think that a doctor absolutely would tell someone that, yeah, you only have about a year to live. And I also assume that they would be wildly inaccurate. Just totally yeah. guessing <laughs> based on the last time I talked to a guy who had the same symptoms you have, he died within a year. So I'm going to tell you yeah. that you're going to die in a year or something Doctors, like that. Doctors, there's a, a saying that I picked up from one of my attendings um, in residency, which is, sometimes wrong never in doubt which is uh mm -hmm. probably what this guy's doing not to like cast aspersions on gotcha. a doctor whose medical training i know nothing about but he clearly wasn't and who i believe does not appear on camera right it's just yeah. like a voice that we get of this and he's doctor. clearly yeah. wrong although he is wrong in the medical sense but he's not technically wrong because the dude did only live about another year not to right so that that we <laughs> We made that point last night, too, where we're like, he wasn't a very good doctor, but maybe he yeah. was a fortune maybe teller. He was, <laughs> he, he was just out of prophecy. You, know, you seem like the type of person who's going to get stabbed with a screwdriver, I want to say, next spring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was, he was, he was right, but for yeah. the wrong reasons. So, Nick, what is your opinion on... Uh, Deer Hunter oh, yeah. as the winner of the same Oscars. That's what we were talking about while you were gone with Deer Hunter. Yeah, um, same year. I would give it to this. I think Deer Hunter is a good movie. Mm, okay. I haven't seen it. it it's, it's, again, one of those movies that I don't know if it's in any of the books or anything, um, but I would I, I would need a homework assignment to watch it because that does not seem like a fun, fine Friday night movie <laughs> to throw on. Have Kind of fun? Oh, my yeah. God. Have have either of you seen the Hal Ashby coming no. home movie? No, I haven't. It, I remember it's like one of my mom's favorite movies um, from around Feels that like time. Kind of a similar movie, but it's all more Vietnam War stuff. Up yeah. my alley than yes, it's a lot you know, more. I think like Russian introspective, roulette. like the effect on people and relationships, which I think Deer Hunter's about too. But there's definitely a lot less Russian roulette. Um, still some it's Russian the humanism roulette. versus the cynicism <laughs> there's still some just less <laughs> oh. okay although i still need to see uh the un un unmarried woman the, the paul wazerski movie which is supposedly very great and uh i bought it on criterion because uh, a lot of people were t are talking about that movie this week did it go on criterion channel or something or i don't know why all of a sudden i keep seeing people talking about unmarried did it go on Not the channel yeah but maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I've seen people it seems about like it. the only way to watch it is if you get the DVD because it's not 
even mm. rentable anywhere. But I've heard it's great. I'm going to watch it at some point. So, so I'm uh, I'm not seeing out, Deer Hunter in any of the books, but Roger did give it four stars. So, if we were well, to invent a fifth book, I feel like that would have to be um, in the convo. Well, if you had to invent a fifth book, it would look something like this. Roger Ebert's four-star oh. complete oh. review collection. Yeah. It's got to be in there, then. So, yeah, it's got to be somewhere in here. There's a lot. Like, each page has at least two reviews on it. So Dang. he had a lot of four-star reviews. Hey, the yeah. dude loved movies. He saw a lot of them. He, he also thought The Devils by Ken yeah, Russell well, he's was wrong shit. On that, one. So. that was what... <laughs> he didn't love all movies. That's the one I'm, I'm hoping gets a Criterion release every i feel like every time there's a criterion drop like someone in the comments is like where yeah. is Devil's well because it's Russell? been on the channel so, it's yeah it's been on the channel and i remember last time it was on the channel like seeing all like you have to watch it you have to watch it and of course i didn't um and i think it left again but yeah now you can't it's a, anywhere it's a good one it's a lot yeah <laughs> I'd imagine. Oh, you know what? No, you know what it was? Also, they did a restoration of it, like a, um, it had a fancy restoration that that played mm. rep theaters. So the, speaking of the Lumley uh, rep theater by my house, they did a, like, they screened it for a weekend at the theater there. And I remember seeing the yeah, Of the people it. I follow on Letterboxd, the lowest is a three and a half. Mm. That's one. Everyone else is four, oh. four and a half or five. Partly based on an yeah. Aldous Huxley novel. Man, I miss going to the tiny rep theater by my house, which would interchangeably show trailers for upcoming mm-hmm. art house films and for the things they were going to so show you're seeing in rep old screenings. Trailers so from half like... the time, I'd be like 30 seconds into this trailer being like, is this an old movie or are they really going mm-hmm. for something <laughs> with this? And you could sometimes never tell until the end. Um, yeah. That movie looks weird. It's, it's very weird. Mm-hmm. So back to... Yeah, Sorry, days, are days of heaven. Um, so after <laughs> Bill learns that the farmer is going to be dead, they decide to start with stage one of the scheme. Jesus. <laughs> this is the what, most amateur recording. What just happened? Uh, Your computer just turned back on? There's a desktop that I never use because it's very old. Um right next to me that turned off amidst all this and it just turned back on for some reason i don't know it's it's quite old um it was actually gifted uh. to us by well that i this, this is a long tangent that i don't want to go on right now um back to abby so she uh, wants she, they they start this yeah they start this game basically abby <laughs> pretends to get lost and she wanders up to the house like she pretends to get lost Mm-hmm. by going, oh, I didn't realize I was right by the only building. <laughs> right. This is like a completely flat, mm-hmm. more or less, area with the with biggest one house thing you've ever it. seen. And it's like, how did I get here? <laughs> well, how did I get here? I-, I feel like at this point he should have realized something was sus, like, immediately. I mean, he's, he's a, yeah, he's but a I, cutie, though. Maybe she just wanted, he's a, maybe she yeah. was into it. Yeah, that's true. I, and I, I think also he seems like so 
um, sensitive. He's like, a soft boy. Yeah, he's like yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a real soft boy, and he has such like a yeah. crush on her that I could see him being sort of willfully blind. You know, because people tell him, you know, even later on mm-hmm. to his face, like they are con artists. What are you doing? Um, he doesn't want to believe it because he's got a little crush and he's such a sweet guy. He's he's a simple guy with a lot of money who likes nothing more than playing with the weird wind thing. Oh on yeah, the he loves that house. wind thing. He loves it. Well, like Brooke Adams just has such a like a nice face. You you don't get the sense that she's a right a schemer. Right. No, she does not come across. I, for better or worse, and you know, even though we know she is, you know, in on this, she just she never comes across like someone who would, who yeah. would do this. So um, you don't really. And it's blame not him. like, I mean, what they're doing, what she's doing, is wrong. She's not planning on killing him. Right. Right. Ex- exactly. That. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between her and their their plan. Their plan. Not like, to say that it's a good. And this is. Yeah, and this is, and I was going to say this is my problem, and I don't, I don't think it's a problem with the movie. I think you're probably supposed to feel this way, but like Richard Gere's character is almost never. I mean, he's kind of sympathetic at the beginning, like he didn't mean to kill mm-hmm. his boss, and then he hits the road. But as soon as he comes up with this plan, and of course, it's like he's basically yeah, selling her yeah. off he's, to marry and have yeah, sex he's with sort this guy, of prostituting like, her. You love her, but you're basically prostituting her out so that she, you know. Basically, mm-hmm. you can get money. Like, yeah. So it, it really very quickly sort of turned me off wanting to root for his character because I was just like, this is a bad plan. <laughs> that she and then <laughs> and then he he just undermines the plan at all times too. He can't frickin' mm-hmm. keep his hands off her, which I get it. <laughs> He's in love with her. She's very pretty. <laughs> but you guys have one job. Like that was just my like my refrain throughout this whole thing was, you guys have one job, which is to sell this scheme and your backstory and if you really think that he if you firmly believe that he's not going to make it past a year then just wait it out like why do you keep sticking around yeah well to to your point about not feeling sympathetic for him i i think Mm -hmm. that uh, the line that linda says towards the end of the movie where she says nobody's perfect there was never a perfect person around you just got half devil and half angel in you that does a pretty good job of hitting both um, his character and the farmer's character. Because the farmer's character, like we said, mm-hmm. he's he, he's a sweetie. He's a soft boy. Until like the very yeah. end when... Until he makes some pretty bad yeah. decisions. Speaking of people bringing about <laughs> yeah, their own downfall. T- I mean, um, we'll get to it. He, he doesn't treat them well once he's kind of figured out the scheme. right when, when he when, when things go sideways he he kind of yeah tips into he basically becomes yeah, a horror yeah. movie villain in the fi- in some of those final sequences yeah. there um yeah but i think i think you're right and I, I do think that is the movie's point which is anyone can you know everyone has both mm-hmm. sides in them and and different things just bring it out i mean doesn't uh Lyndon mans literally just say that in the moment? yeah that's yeah. what he was that's what he was quo- angel that's what devil. he was quoting when you were over there <laughs> trying to knock <laughs> wrestle out your dog way. yes but yeah exactly and i, and okay. I think that's I, I do think that is fair because i i was just saying that you know i just i just lose so much sympathy for for richard Gere's character and i spend the rest of my the movie just being like buddy you brought this all on yourself stop complaining <laughs> yeah well, like you put i think what the position. movie sort of wants the viewer to do like up up of course till the end like we said um is it wants how much we like the farmer to sneak up on us 
the same way it does yeah. to Abby. Because at, at first he's... Absolutely. Yeah, because by the end, she's yeah, kind at of the end, she, yeah. yeah, at the and end, she's loved him. And you're like, yeah, I get it. He's very nice. Like, he, unlike the other guy in her life, is not pushing her to get married to someone else. Like, you you get why <laughs> right. she would be into him. And He looks yeah, like he Sam Shepard. He looks Shepherd. like Sam Shepard. He's very sweet. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and not... And not for nothing. Um, it's a pretty yeah. nice life. Like she gets these nice yeah. dresses and a nice house, and they get to you know go off in the car, and you're sitting there going, "Yeah, what what's yeah. not to like?" <laughs> like my what? my favorite quote, uh, probably in the whole movie, is another um, Linda voiceover narration, which is when she's talking about mm-hmm. like towards the beginning when it, when Abby's first getting to know the farmer, she says, "You give him a flower, he'd keep it forever." Like that's a very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. wrote that that's down a nice immediately. Boy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I it's, it's so interesting because again, having basically read the logline for this movie without having seen it, and knowing okay, they do this and then they have this plan. I had imagined because how these stories normally work when it's like, oh, go marry that guy, mm-hmm. he's gonna die. That he's like some old angry guy, right? Like he's just some old cranky <laughs> farmer. So when it's like a nice, sweet, young, handsome farmer. <laughs> <laughs> it really uh it really sort of throws a wrench into how I think I would expect yeah, this. Yeah, and in the commentary out. they it's, I think it was the casting director who says that the initial plan was not to have it be um you know a, a young good-looking guy. It was supposed to be somebody who was, you know, e- mm-hmm. either older and or less attractive where um right. It it seems a little bit easier for her to be like, yeah, yeah I'll go with him. It it's sort of Right. It, She's still yeah, kind of yeah, hesitant, though, at the beginning. Well, which, sure. When, when, he's asking her yeah, to but marry herself I, off. I loved the line where he's like, I think I love what you. What a nice thing and to say. And she's just like, now, ain't that just a yeah. nice thing to say? Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of how Greta Gerwig cast Philippe Gorel for um, the mm-hmm. love interest for in Little Women. Joe in Little Women. Yeah, he's too yeah. hot for that character. Professor, oh, Professor Bear, Bear. He's, he's too young and too hot to be Professor Bear. That is not <laughs> how that works in the book. But <laughs> And it, his voice, think, so silky smooth. Right. But I do think it improves the quality of the film to have a believable yeah. love interest Yeah, I think in so role. too. And I think this might have been Sam Shepard's first acting role because he was mostly... I is think, it? I think so. It's so funny talking about him being nominated for an Oscar when he has a Pulitzer. Like, (laughs) this is an incredibly accomplished. Yeah, he has a Pulitzer for one of his plays, at least one of his plays. Probably, Um, I've read a few of his plays, and they're very good. True West, thank you. I kept calling it Slow West, which is a different movie. movie, Um, I I never saw that. It is. I love that movie. It's good. Okay. Oh, it's good. You'd love it. Um, It's real good. Um, Yeah, watch watch Slow West. It's fantastic. Um, Great Ben Mendelsohn performance. All Ben Mendelsohn Um, performances are always the best. Even yeah, in like, bad movies. I know. But he 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 wears a nice. great coat. It's just yeah, recommend. <laughs> but not Slow West, True West, which I haven't seen, but that play is still performed yeah. constantly. Like it was on Broadway in the past few years and I I heard really good things. Um uh, I have to correct myself. It's yeah. Louis Garel, not Philippe Philippe Garel is Louis Garel's father, who's a, a director. Louis Garel is oh. okay. his son. I was like, I, I don't remember you. that name. In, I just, in I knew, I knew Garel was correct. And then another one of his fine. kids is, um, uh, I can't remember her name. It's, it's the girl who is dating um, Timothy Chalamet and Call Me by Your Name. 
Oh, oh, yeah. I, I like that. She's yeah, she's, she's good, good in that movie yeah. in that small part. She's pretty. Yeah. A lot of Timothy oh, Chalamet. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, a lot of Timothy Chalamet connections. <laughs> Which I think any actor working right now has got a lot. Of right. Timothy if you're Chalamet if you're in enough sort of yeah, well-made uh, artistic movies in the past five years, you've probably been yeah. working with a Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Um. So like. Anyway, yeah. Where so were like we you said, plot? Dylan. The, uh, yeah, he, he tells her he loves her and. Um, <laughs> Basically, right after that, they get married. Like, Bill tells Abby, hey, you should do this. He's not going to live very long. And he does. I do think it's interesting that he does try to rationalize it. And I don't know if it's just to himself or how much he actually means it. But he does say, like, he's not just trying to pimp her out to the farmer. He says, Mm -hmm. you know, I hate seeing you having to work this hard and, like, the dudes on the farm checking her out and leering at her when she's right. You'll be safe in the nice house. Basically like you get the sense that he's trying to be noble or he's trying to convince himself that he's trying to be noble, even if he's doing something not (laughs) another justification that occurred to me, although they don't get into this element is, you know, if you really think he's going to die in a year anyway, like, I don't know have a nice yeah, last year yeah. of his life thinking this nice pretty lady loves him like okay you're gonna do doing a kindness for the guy um but yeah he does i i do think it is just yeah that's that's kind of how i uh, feel I, mean, I, I believe him i think he also but i think if it weren't for the fact that he wants the money he he would right. not uh do the same yeah. thing if it was she didn't have to work but also the guy doesn't have any money she would just have lodging you probably wouldn't be seeing right. her right exactly marrying him exactly yeah so the other yep. the other thing that was in the Agreed. initial script um was that linda was abby's sister and not bill's sister so part of the dynamic was that she mm. want like there was a little bit of extra incentive for her to get married so that she could have stuff for her sister as well okay question is it said anywhere besides the, um, is it clarified or is it clear anywhere besides the voiceover, like wh- whose sister she is? Because I did think it played kind of confusingly in the movie. It feels very mm-hmm. much like they are sisters. I know they're pretending to be, but it feels very much like. They do yeah. seem very close. Yeah, they seem very close, which they still could be, even if she's the, you know, the yeah. girlfriend of the brother or whatever. Um, but that makes a lot of sense to me, considering how a lot of it is sort of... Yeah, they feel... Like, especially, they feel like, like later when she, like, throws her food away when they're at dinner, like, on the porch. She right. she treats yeah. her like the way you would treat a younger sibling who's acting shitty. Um, right. I, I think it's yeah. only in the voiceover that, that, it, that it's stated that right. he was her brother. Yeah, so I wonder, like, when he changed his mind about that and was like, eh, let's make yeah, it yeah. his sister. But But to your point, they do seem to have a very close relationship i mean even up till the very end she's taking care of her even you know if she's not literally caring for her she's making sure that she's well Mm -hmm. she's trying to make sure that she's taken care of yeah she's doing what she can i guess i have i have questions about the end we'll we'll get there when we get there but i have some questions about it so they get married and abby and the farmer go on a trip and the farmer tells bill to move into the house while mm-hmm. while they're away yeah which is very nice yeah and they live it up yeah. and when they get back the farmer seems to be he seems to sort of be 
starting to catch on to Bill Nabby's relationship at this point. Um, yeah, I, yeah. So is the foreman. Yeah, like the, the guy with just the most incredible face. Yeah, oh, such a guy. good face. Um, yeah, and it's I can't. Basically, I don't know that he. Well, so there's a couple of different things that happen. Is is it the first time he notices things are up to no good when I she think sneaks so. out of bed yeah. and then they go hang out in the river? Yeah, because that was when I was watching it, going, guys, come on, like calm <laughs> of all these hormones. The, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, everything they do when they sort of get caught is just it's not true. pretty inexcusable to me. But like that one where it's like, oh, let's just sneak out For in the, the middle of the night, night and then spend. For the whole night. Like, <laughs> did you guys fall asleep? How did you not come back? Yeah. yeah. And she lies and says, oh, I went out for a walk. And it's the least believable lie. It's right. She's not. Th- that lie and then her line later about like, well, oh, right. do you have a sister? Do you, do know you have, have brothers sister? and sisters interact? And it's like, oh, no. I don't think yeah. I need to see. Right. Or experience I don't think I need to have a met other people this. before. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I live in the world. Yeah. She's she's not good. In, I guess my issue is she's not good enough of a liar, which kind of speaks to her yeah, yeah. qualities. You know, she's I think it makes sense liar. that yeah. she's not she's a not good, a good liar. In, like, she's, too, too, she's right, sort she, of too kind of a person to... Right. Yeah. So she's not good enough of a liar to keep it playing it this fast and loose with the ruse, basically. <laughs> I think I think it reflects well on her that she's not a good liar, but I think since she's not a good liar, it's very irresponsible right. to be like doing things in which keeping not being good doing what their, they're doing. doing what they're doing and sneaking around in the middle of the night and then like honestly embracing each other at parties and like yeah. I I don't know it just gets worse and worse grabbing butts yeah yeah, yeah. This sh- <laughs> just a lot of heavy yeah, they shouldn't be doing there. what they're doing. <laughs> No, no, that idea. Very mean to, to pour. What is Bill? Bill, the no, farmer. That's Richard Gere's name. What is the farmer? He doesn't have a name. The farmer's name. He's the farmer. Sam Shepard. Yeah, oh, he doesn't have a name. name. The farmer. Okay, that's why I couldn't remember it. I felt bad. Is kept he... calling him Sam Shepard, but all right. Yeah. Um, yeah nobody quickly... has a name besides Bill, Abby, and Linda. Everyone else is farmhand, farmer, foreman, fiddler, uh, tap dancer. That right. tap dancing scene, interesting, incredible tap dancer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which we need to talk about. Like the he just puts that like plywood hey. door on the ground and just goes off until Great. the dust starts incredible. like, yeah, coming up like like the locust. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful scene. Yeah. Um. Also, something about the farm that I just really liked is the scarecrow they have, which has like a Ron Swanson mustache. Yeah. This it is a yeah, it is a very interesting looking scarecrow. Not like any other scarecrow yeah. I've seen before. Yeah. Um just what they did to make like I would say that's part of like set direction. Just how they made this like farm feel so believable with how they built and set everything was really incredible and where's Nick going? I don't know. It's on the move. Um no, I mean we gotta talk about the house at least briefly um it's so iconic um like it's a very familiar they said it's made out of plywood they said it's made out of plywood but they said that it's not just a facade like it is constructed and there's they did the interior also so it's you know not maybe it's like buster keaton's house in one week where it's it's technically a house but yeah if he, like, you kicked he, it over he leans against it a wall too much like yeah. the bathroom goes down 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I mean, it's it's a, such a striking image. It's so famous for the poster, and like I recognized it immediately, not having seen the movie before. Um, I will say, it did remind me that. Um, um, <laughs> oh, the uh, personal anecdote. Um, the house reminded me very much. I went to years ago now, like eight, five, I don't know, eight years ago. I went to a wedding <laughs> that was at like a farm in Texas. Um, and the wedding itself was outdoors and like the reception was in a barn. But like while we were waiting for the wedding, we got to sort of wait in the farmhouse and it looked just like this house and the interior looked just like really? the interior of this house. And and <sighs> I don't know how old that farm was or anything, but I, I kind of believe I'm like, oh, maybe that is just what Texas like early 1900 farmhouses looked like maybe um, this one though, an I interesting mean, note i saw on wikipedia though that this was filmed mostly in montana it was filmed canada. Canada. Of calgary largely in canada yeah um oh i thought it said it was mostly filmed in montana and then when they Mon- ran away at the end it was in calgary i think it's just over the border um oh okay da, da, da. which Honestly, it makes more sense to me. This Production. does not look like... Right. Southwestern Alberta panhandle. at Whiskey Gap, a ghost town near the Montana border. Yeah, it really doesn't look like the Texas panhandle mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> and now, to be fair, to be fair, I have never been in the Texas panhandle, but I, I have been yeah. in, like, northeastern New Mexico yeah. and southeastern Colorado, yeah. and it's much more arid than this. Right, there I've, is a lot of grass, but the, there's a lot more arid stretches than, right, I, like, these beautiful fields of green and Right. Shit. I haven't spent a ton of time there. I've basically just driven through, but I have at least driven through many times, you know, like, West Texas. Um, and this yeah. just, it does not look like this. Um, and I don't think it looked like this <laughs> even 100 years ago. But um, I'm looking at Google Maps now, and it's just funny that you can, like, look at, like, the color of what the land is at the panhandle Brown. and then look up at the color of the uh, Albert, southern Alberta. Green. And it's just like, oh, that's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what happens next? Basically, like... Rory? What, what, yeah, what Bill starts to get jealous of the farmer now. And, like, we start to kind of switch, switch yes. roles where he, like, comments on her clothing and... Oh, yeah, I did not like that scene at all. I wanted to punch him. Yeah. Oh, I bet he likes looking yeah. at you in this. And she's like, what? It's a nice outfit. Oh, you're yeah. so gross. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of a scumba. Yeah. And it's at this point where the, what's his name? The foreman? Is that what they call him? Yes, they call him the... The guy with the... the, 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 the yeah, farm foreman. The yes. Craggy face. Played by Robert yeah. Wilkie. He he basically says, hey, I know a little bit about the world, and that little bit makes me positive that they're con artists because they're clearly con artists. Yeah. Right. But the farmer, <laughs> sort of like, I don't know how much of it's naivete or him also just not, not wanting to yeah, deny it. I think it's denial. denial. Yeah. Like, the way he played it, you can tell, at least for me, you can tell he Mm -hmm. hears him, Mm -hmm. and it hits, like, it hits home in a way where he's, like, it sort of connects with, like, oh, this is all making sense, but he does not want to. And it's, he does, like, you know, that's my wife that you're talking about, so why don't you go to Mm -hmm. the other farm that I own and work there? Yeah, he sends him away. Sad. And... (laughs) 
so so that's like more lingering in the back of his mind now he was starting to maybe like be a little bit suspect about something not being right but now every interaction that he has with those two seems to be um like that is always present he's watching for it yeah and the other thing that happens yeah it's fraught to say the least when the farm when the farm foreman like as he's leaving he basically says to bill like i know what you're doing and about the farmer like he's Mm -hmm. like a son to me um yeah and so now bill should know that everybody is on to them and like you said the farmer's now watching everything a lot more suspiciously and i think the next time the two of them interact bill and the farmer is them going hunting Oh yeah, that That's seems great, crazy. It's a great scene um, where Bill. I was holding my breath the first time I watched that. Yeah. I remember that very well. Right, it's super he just intense. has a gun pointed at the farmers. Really good dogs in good that dogs, scene, by yeah. the way. Oh, great dogs! Just, just good dogs doing their jobs. German short-haired pointers, just just pointing away. Great dogs, Looking good. Yeah. So yeah. he has yep. the gun pointed right at the farmer's head, and then pulls it away at the last second. But somehow, like the farmer doesn't. And yeah, the farmer the doesn't see him doing it, but you, he, he, knows, he yeah. knows. He knows. Yeah. He's yeah. on to you, Bill. Yeah. And, and and then, yeah, it's just like the next scene is them plucking pheasant feathers together. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just two homies. And it's just like, if you know that it's sus like this and you're giving him guns and you're worried he's going to sh- what? Just do something. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I guess the problem is that he just still doesn't want to admit it. And so if he does something about it, that would be mm-hmm. admitting it or acknowledging it, that this yeah. is actually happening. But yeah, going hunting with him. Although I still think at this point, he probably doesn't think they want to kill him because like we said, that's not the plan. Although, man, I, I it felt very believable. Like, like you're saying, Dylan, you're really holding your breath, thinking like, oh God, is he just going to shoot him right here and say it was a hunting accident in the world's least believable hunting accident yeah, of yeah. all time. Yeah, and he shoots Donna's Lexus that's over at the farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, Mercedes, I think it would have been a better death to be shot in the back of the head than yeah. what he actually got in the end, though. So, Well, I mean. Yeah, yeah but he did boy. get like another year to live. Quick, at least. So. Right. Yeah. Including some yeah, nice it seems like- time. You know, with Richard Gere yeah, out of his hair end. for a while. So the circus comes, pretty cool to have the yes. circus. <laughs> the flying circus arrives, and a speaking of a wild the circus scene, coming directly to your house. Oh, there's an iron cross. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I mean, I have to imagine that at the time, airplanes flying overhead would have been quite shocking uh, for these yeah. people in general. And then, yeah, these like war-looking airplanes in particular just rolling up. Um, and one has. An iron cross on it, it which does. I know it's not World War Two yet, but uh, it's still a little weird. It, it is very strange. Uh, and then some circus yeah. people, some European circus people get out. Yeah, so they have the personalized circus performing just for the mm-hmm. four of them, mm-hmm. seemingly. Right. Yeah, I wasn't sure what the plan was for... <laughs> Maybe this is their recruitment. They just go to broken-down yeah. farms in the middle of nowhere well, and just pick, pick up, up random people, people that I mean, don't want to work for them. In fairness, they yeah. meet four people on the farm and they recruit 25% of them. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They, yep. they pick up a quarter of the residents. Yeah. So during one of these um, like circus parties at night, the farmer again sees Bill and Abby in front of everybody, in front of the circus performers, getting way too touchy-feely, and he calls her out on it. 
So which, touchy. Yeah, which is like, the scene that you mentioned, Jana, where she's like, yeah. you ever have a sister? Then, then who are you to judge? And it's like. Right. Come on, Abby. Well, and so what's funny about that, too, like, like you said, is so technically the farmer has like left to go get a drink or uh, he like he stepped away but they're still doing this everyone in front of else everybody yeah. else yeah so it could just be like yo your girl is right. getting felt up by her also, brother like he sees it when he's walking back so even even though like the farmer like left for five minutes um yeah they're just very bad at this yeah yeah so then after that um Abby goes to Bill and says, like, hey, he's starting to catch on to us, and I'm worried about what he's thinking. And this is when he – and I don't even know if she really knows it until he mentions it to her, but he's like, mm-hmm. what do you care what he thinks? And then he figures out that, oh, she like, right. the, the tables have turned, and she's in Feel love it. with the farmer now. Look, she yeah. gets a personalized circus. She doesn't have to work. He gives her a flower and she keeps he keeps it forever. Like it's kind of a good deal that she's got going. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, it's good. Right after that, Bill decides, okay, well, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna run off and join the circus. Which is the best decision yeah. he ever made. Like should have kept to that decision. Should have just, yeah, stayed away. Abby stays. Or yeah, Abby stays. Linda stays with Abby. And it seemed like they have a Pretty good winner, right? Yeah, no. It seems wonderful. Yeah, it seems Things nice. seem nice. Seems the the farmer um, seems to be teaching Linda stuff. Like, she teaches mm-hmm. him, pian- uh, he teaches her piano and about a globe. So she's like getting educated, which yeah. seems like a first for her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Indeed. And then. Spring comes, um, the the foreman. Yeah, the foreman comes, comes, the train comes back. It brings Bill. So this is a few months later, it seems like. Mm -hmm. When he comes back, I love this scene of Bill looking and he sees Abby. And then the farmer sees Bill spying on, like he's Mm -hmm. spying through a window and he sees Bill spying on Abby. I just think that's a great, like, that's the movie in a nutshell. It's the three yeah. of them in this yep. mm-hmm. weird love triangle. Watching yeah. each other. Yeah. Does this movie to you kind of feel like a reverse sunrise? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not seen sunrise. I think that's in this. Sort of like a love triangle on the farm, but the woman, the, the one of the women is oh, the kind of yeah, the devious yeah. one. I get what you're saying. Uh, I thought you meant like plotting wise. It'd make an yeah. interesting double feature. Oh no 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 no! Just the like, the, sort the of relationship the dynamics. Basic yeah yeah. Setup of this. Yeah. Um, I th- I would just love to watch these back to back. I think it would make it. Just yeah, a that one's feature. in book two, I believe. So we do get to it eventually. Which is ridiculous. Should have been in book like. I wonder zero. if there is a book zero. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> There's a secret. There's a that's, secret. Where, that's where Deer Hunter uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Sunrise. Um, so Bill comes back, and the farmer sees them from he's he's playing with his wind. I don't even know what the 
the wind thing is. <laughs> I know. I, that's, okay, I'm gonna I've seen them. I've seen them. Like, um, there's. Is it just a weather vane? Maybe. Is, is that just I what a weather so. vane is? I'm just gonna call it his wind now. From his now on, though, thing. he's playing with his wind. Okay, a weather vane, wind vane, or weathercock is an instrument used for showing the direction of the wind, typically used as an architectural ornament at the highest part of a building. The word vane comes from the old English word fauna, meaning flag. Okay. So, yeah, it's a it's a weather vane or wind so vane. So it's a thing to tell you what direction the wind's blowing because you don't you can't figure that mm-hmm. out by all the wheat, all the wheat. Again, people had people hadn't figured out to lick their fingers yeah. and hold them up yet. Or just look, uh, hey, all the all the wheat's yet. being pushed north. I wonder where the wind's coming from, though. Right. And it's also funny because every time he's up there, it's like spinning. It's like really like spinning yeah. like crazy. So it's like, I think you he can wouldn't, tell which he way wouldn't the wind is blowing. He wouldn't be able to podcast blowing. in that weather either. No, he would not. Um, there's probably something there, right? That this is what told him which way the wind is blowing. And that's why he's always up there when he oh, sees yeah. the, the bad things. And he's like becoming alerted to what's yeah, really that's going true. on. Yeah. Um, plus, also, again... It's just like the best vantage point. Like he's just at the top of this only building and has like a 360 mm-hmm. degree view of his entire property. Yeah. So he sees what's what's interesting is that he what he's seeing is basically Abby saying, sorry, like I love this other guy now. Right. She's kind of yeah. pushing him away. Right. Right. Like the last time I think he sees them, Abby mm-hmm. is not into and it. Bill anymore. actually has sort of a surprising reaction where you'd think he'd be bitter or resentful or angry and he's really just like oh my i kind of deserve this i fucked up yeah that's definitely bill's best moment yeah yeah that that payoff worked really well for me because like i said i spent the whole time being like you can't be mad you created this and so when he basically acknowledges like yeah i guess (laughs) i guess i brought this on myself you're like oh thank god okay Um, yeah so it's ironic that her, not like rejection of Bill, but kind of like finally severing those ties. And they do it in a way that's amicable. And if the farmer hadn't seen any of that, seemingly everything would have been good from that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it seems like yeah. they'd worked it out. Um, but he sees it and... Yeah, but then hell he has sees to it come. and God. coinciding with him uh, going from... A sweet soft boy to uh, a raging violent lunatic. Lunatic are yeah. locusts. Is it locusts or are they? That locust sequence now, is so upsetting. Yeah, yeah but it's like it's the best. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So they're trying. Yeah. So I love how it starts with just one while Linda's doing the dish, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, a bug." Right. And that, what I liked about that sequence, too, is, like, the shot of her in the kitchen, and it has this overhead shot that's basically unlike any other shot we've mm. seen in the movie. And it almost mm. sort of, like, reorients everything, because all of a sudden you get this completely overhead shot of the kitchen, and then that's when all of a sudden she starts seeing, yeah, there's one, and then yeah. there's more. And it just happens so quickly. Including... um Abby finding them like in her bedroom when she's like washing yeah. her face in the sink and then there's just like one in the sink and you're just like oh god they're gonna be everywhere they're gonna be everywhere so fast yeah yeah Creepy. so this is another this is like the peak biblical allegory bit of mm-hmm. now does anyone 
remember what the locusts were supposed to represent? In the Bible? No. In the Bible? <laughs> Who read the Bible? I mean, <laughs> a very long time ago. Um, I don't know. They're one I of get the plagues. The, I've gotten the gist of um, it, but uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, eat all the wheat. It's bad. Famine. Um, <laughs> speaking of nature photography, though, I do enjoy how Terrence Malick's, like can really uh, marry his love of intense nature photography with like the actual culmination of the story because mm-hmm. we get so many close-ups of the, the locusts just chowing yeah. down on the wheat. Just super close-up of them just like jumping, jumping, jumping. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's going to be Before bad. I forget, I do want to mention, and it's it's in the um, the booklet the Nestor Almendros um, essay Mm -hmm. but it's also mentioned in the audio commentary they both note that Malik hated blue skies which is why he Mm -hmm. shot the sky the way it looks but it's funny that it's not just noted in one like apparently it was just a thing that he hated blue skies to the point where multiple people needed to mention it in the bonus content to the disc they could only shoot at dawn yeah. and dusk because, God forbid, you get some Ugh. midday blue sky sunlight. Awful. Yeah. So the locusts come. Obviously, if you're uh, a wheat farmer, that's bad. So they have a a locust alarm, which seems like yeah they have they, do. A, they have a whole yeah a whole procedure in place. It's it got seems a little like. spiral thing. So they have a, they call a cold code locust and um, they. They say to smoke them out, so they try to start controlled fires. Is how it's supposed to start. To right, there's controlled fires, and then they're also they're basically like grabbing them at certain points. They're mm-hmm. like physically grabbing them, and then they're throwing buckets full of locusts into yeah. the fires, which is just a hell yeah. of a visual. It was so thematic. Yeah, and it's just the camera's just like wiling around their little fire oh. pit as they're doing it. The, looks so good. Maybe my favorite shot in the movie where um, there it's like a few people, including Bill, standing in the field, and then all the locusts just come up from the ground. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know how they did mm-hmm. that? No. I I read the I read the I wiki, but you 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 should describe. So they it. It'll be filmed that way. it backwards, and everyone had to move backwards. Oh, and were they like dumping them down they over used, top? They dropped, and then guess, they guess what they were dumping? Though. Shells out of a helicopter. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot better than being just apps. I because I did kind of wonder. I'm, I'm looking. I mean, that's one of the most famous mm-hmm. images from the whole movie. Obviously, yeah. I, I like all, that Nick said it was his favorite shot, and it's just the shot everyone. They're all in super harsh about silhouette. This movie. Um, and there's, there's a picture of it on the Wikipedia page. Um, oh, and I now see the caption explaining how it works. Um, but yep. like, I really don't like bugs. I mean, nobody really likes bugs, but like, I really don't like bugs. And so I was imagining them just being surrounded Tons by these bugs. actual locusts. And so I feel so much better knowing that they were just being covered in yeah. peanut shells. It's a little bit less uh, <laughs> disgusting. That's cool. Um, so they're yeah. they're doing this yes. controlled fire that night. Maybe not. Well. I don't know. Maybe doing a controlled fire is a little bit better to do at night because you can see exactly where the fire is, like right away. Right. It, yeah. And it also it also seemed to me like they just like as soon as the locust came, they just started on locust mm-hmm. attack, and they were going to keep going as yeah. long as it took. Right. Like it seemed like it just stretched directly into the night where they just could not stop because they 
had to yeah. clear out the logos. And at one point, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is um, part of the chaos or if it's what caused the chaos. But there's a horse-drawn wagon that catches fire, and it scares. The, <laughs> I think it's part and of it the chaos. It scares the horse, who runs. Yeah, and just That's spreads fire throughout. Well, okay, I. Because I think what starts the chaos is a farmer swinging his lantern yeah, around yeah. like, because the, the the joke we made last night was that the, the, the farmer basically Jason Mendoza this thing where, you know, you have one problem and you know what you do, you throw a Molotov cocktail, then you have a whole nother problem. And like, because he's so upset and then he just like it's part of his sort of transformation into this rage monster they have they all have these big lanterns on Mm. sticks and he decides that he is going he once he loses his absolute cool and decides to take out bill that he's going to do it via swinging a fire weapon like in the middle of all this and that's when the chaos really breaks out and then the horse gets spooked and then then it's bad it's all bad yeah, so do I don't know if I'm skipping ahead too much, but I'm trying to remember, is it just that he's overwhelmed and sees Bill there and that's why he lashes out at him in that particular moment? Because I feel like Bill's like trying yeah. to help. No, I, th- I think um, it's all supposed to be like, I think that is supposed to be just a few hours after he saw them kissing from Right, the it's all just yeah. happened so So this is probably the first yeah. time he's like even been interacting time he's with seen Bill. him. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Bill runs up like trying to help, and then the farmer because he, he's like, "What are you doing? Like, why? Yeah, like, come on, man! Bill like, is very confused about what there's bugs going around on here. Don't don't attack me, right? Don't attack yeah. me with your and Bill doesn't answer. know that he's yeah. been spotted. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he figures it right. out, but for the <laughs> figures it before out the first quickly, swing, he's yes, just like, "Oh, at first, like, this this is surprising." Um, yeah, yeah. So the. But yeah, the imagery from that point through to, like you said, that burning horse carriage mm-hmm. is, whew, that's some striking yeah. imagery. And the farmer at mm-hmm. this point is just like, fuck it. Let, like, don't put the fire out. Just let everything burn. Uh, yeah. 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 He's, he's kind of, he's, he's done. He's gone off the deep end. So he goes inside. He basically, he doesn't quite throw Abby down the stairs, but he pushes her down the stairs and then ties her. He throws her around yeah. a bit. Yeah. And yeah, then he ties her like up that. to the part of the house, like one of the yeah, one of the, the posts. Of the house, yeah. Ties her up. Uh, he's got a gun. He goes after um, Bill. And at this point, I'm not entirely sure what happened. Does he pull the trigger and it doesn't fire, or does he? Does Bill so get him before it? He just, I think he just walks up too close. Like that was my note. I'm just like. If you're going to shoot somebody, I don't this walk thing up close enough to someone where, like, mm-hmm. you have a gun. <laughs> Why are you getting within arm's length? Yeah, yeah, one of the I, advantages of a gun. He brought a, a gun yeah. to a screwdriver. One of the advantages yeah, of he, a gun and he is you lost can be one he, screwdriver's length away from the person you're trying to kill. I think it would make a little bit more sense if, like, yeah, the gun... You know, that didn't fire, and so that's why Richard Gere stabbed him. But instead, he just walks up, like almost like he's going to touch him with the gun. And Richard Gere just, uh, who had been working on his bike, I think, just to explain if yeah. you haven't for some reason haven't seen this and you're like, why did he have a screwdriver? Um, he's like working on his bike outside, presumably getting ready to go, like, presumably, yeah. like, well, time to get yeah. out of here again. Um, and then, yeah, the farmer walks immediately up to him, pointing a gun at him, and 
straight screwdriver yeah. to the heart. So then they have to bounce again because Bill killed another guy. Gotta go. <laughs> yep. As he does. <laughs> so second accidental murder in the past couple years. So these cops, I mean, since it's a rich guy, um, the cops seem a little bit more motivated to find him as opposed to the last time where yeah. they were like in the same spot for a while, gainfully right. employed. Mm-hmm. Um, but so mm-hmm. they go on the lamb through the woods. The foreman is with the cops trying to to track them down. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get away for only a little bit. And then for a while. the cops. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I really thought that it was going to end with them fleeing mm-hmm. the farm. Like, sort of that was going to be the end mm-hmm. of the story. Like, he killed them. They got to go. There's this great shot. There's this beautiful archway that we haven't talked about. This, like, weird architectural archway element that you saw, like, the farm workers. It's a perfect farm workers entranceway. Right. And it's, like, gorgeous, and it's painted. Right. And, and then, of course, when they exit, it's, it's been just burned. And so busted. they leave through, the like, the burned mm-hmm. remnants of this archway. It's this great shot. And I was like... Wow, what like what a fascinating ending of this movie that goes on for about 15 yeah, yeah. more minutes of like a fairly extended, um, yeah, like you said, sequence of, the, well, one, I think the farmer was rich and powerful and presumably well-liked, and the foreman is obviously wants to see this through. But yeah, they, they it is like, an, speaking of Bonnie and Clyde, like they go after these guys like yep. they're Bonnie and Clyde, basically, with the manpower that they chase them down with just crazy mm-hmm. and we do get a nice sequence on a boat oh yeah it's a good boat this is, linda says oh, it's the, the boat. first time she'd ever been on a boat and they we got we all got the line written down i'm sure we've all got the line uh, written linda's down. uh uh narration here <laughs> which line yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh what she says about the people oh. on the shore oh. that's yeah. the part that stood out to me that roger she said they could be screaming for help possibly burying someone or right. something and what we see are what look like these nice families out on like riverside walks <laughs> like they the what the footage shows is well-dressed people sometimes a couple of guys maybe they're hunting sometimes families women and children looking like they're just out on nice nature walks by the river and linda's observation is that yeah they could be up to anything screaming for burying, help or maybe burying, burying somebody or something and it's like oh her life is so yeah. dark well, it's not going to get yeah. any. Ugh. But it makes sense. I think it's, it's not going to get any yeah. better because the, <laughs> the next thing that happens is she witnesses no. her brother being shot in the back <sighs> by the cops. Yep. Pretty yeah. intensely. Yeah. Running it back into the like. So, yeah. So they first they sort of get pinned in the. They, they, they're camping in the woods and they get sort of pinned and then he flees basically it seems like to save them like he sort of knows he's yeah. caught or yeah, it's not them right he's like I'll just take off and that way he'll get chased um, and I don't know if he expects he's going to make it or not but he does not although there is that scene is really fascinating how he kind of is like going along the river has these really mm-hmm. high banks and so there's a lot of sequences where he's basically like creeping along directly behind it seems like he would be able to get away at that point Right. Yeah. Although eventually some of those nice people along the river do mm-hmm. see him running around and are sort of like, uh, I don't think there? anybody ever points, though. <laughs> they, yeah. I don't know if anyone points him out. He does have a yeah. gun. One of them Everyone says, just like kind he of does like have a gun. Yes, yeah, so that might be what it is. Not that they point him out, but that everybody just sort of turns yeah. and, yeah, is like watching just this like, happen. Hey, there's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> All those cops. Chasing the guy with a gun. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what's so. happening. Yeah. He gets killed. And, you know, he did kill two people. The first guy, 
I mean, that's the the first guy is different, I think, than the farmer. Where it was legitimately self defense with the farmer, like you could say. Right, yeah. right. The first guy was not the the first one. He wasn't yeah, trying, trying to murder him, presumably, first, but right. Yeah, the first one is both more and less like is is both better and worse because he wasn't trying to kill that guy, but also the guy was just yeah. yelling at him like he <laughs> he was not trying. To, it was not self defense, but it was sort of a a maybe an involuntary. He just kind of lashed out. Yeah. Where's yeah. the farmer? And then the, the, the farmer. He was he was running towards yeah. him with a gun, obviously wanting to kill him. You know. Now, granted, the reason why <laughs> right. he wanted to kill him was, uh, <laughs> you know, he had done a lot of fucked yeah, up shit. Yeah, he'd been through some stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I'm guessing this was earlier on, Janet. You said you had a question about the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's this little mm-hmm. epilogue here. Um, no, my, my question is about what, what happens in the, the epilogue with um, uh, uh, Abby. Oh my God, Abby. I, I wonder if it's uh, this. You know, she takes yeah. care of. Well, it's it's well, it's really, I guess it's the ending ending. It's Abby hopping on the troop train. <laughs> uh, like it, it, it's, that part was the part where I was like, it, it seems like I'm not sure what her plan is at this point, and it seems like she sees all the soldiers going off to war and just then just hops on the train with them, um, <laughs> which is an interesting yeah, ending. So. But what, what's next for Abby? I don't know. I don't I'm know. I thought her. your question was going to be because because <laughs> Nelly asked this, um, and she'd seen it before too, and she's like, Abby mm-hmm. gets the farmer's money, right? And I, it looks like it. She's dressed very well. I think that's what I it says in the so Wikipedia I, summary. Only assumed so because she goes and puts right. Linda in that yeah. nice looking school. So I'm like, she must have the money yeah. to do I mean she that. she's certainly and better like, dressed. She kind of see her like dressed yeah, like a widow. Yeah. Like yeah. She's better dressed yeah. than when they left Chicago. So I, and I just, she is now able to get Linda into what seems like a very fancy school. Yeah, they're like doing yeah. ballet and seems like a nice house and Which it reminded me of when she talked about earlier in the movie that mm-hmm. she could have learned ballet. Mm-hmm. But she just didn't have the resources. And it's like now she has the resources to give Linda the chance to learn yeah. ballet. Which, you but know, it's not what fuck. Linda wants. But it's it's nice for a minute there. She, she can't. She, like, this isn't what her life Yeah, it's too late like. for It would just be probably. too much of a transition yeah. for So. Yeah. She seems to yeah, enjoy Linda running away, Linda doesn't though. stick around. She climbs through the window and meets up with her buddy from Girl We Didn't Really Talk About. Um but one of her friends from the farm who'd left. Okay. what? So that's the same friend. That's the same yeah. girl. That was my, I wasn't actually entirely clear if the blonde friend from the, the farm. I had the same thing where it was just like, is that another gentle giant that's a blonde girl? Because I really liked her. I, we, we didn't, yeah, so we didn't really mention it, but they have like a fun little scene together on the farm with that, with the, the friend, with her and Linda. It's like, oh, that's so nice that mm-hmm. she has this friend and the friend seems good. Um, and so, yeah, when she came back at the end, just because she was dressed so differently, I wasn't positive. But considering the fact that there's only like 10 people right. in this movie and only one person credited as Linda's friend, <laughs> makes sense that it's yeah, the same Yeah, and one. she sort of is dealing with the same type of thing. Like, it's basically boy issues when she's on the farm. And then yeah. she comes back right. and it's yeah. more boy issues. And she just kind of, his name was Edward and they laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and. Yeah. Look, I, they w- and so yeah, I like that the yeah the ending is really Linda. Um, so we see yeah she she gets dropped off by Abby. Abby goes and 
we see everybody at the train station saying goodbye to these soldiers who are presumably off to World War One. Um, so that's probably going to be Not, yeah. a bummer for all of them. Um, yeah, and you kind of do wonder, like, I mean, the house is still standing. Yeah, I guess Abby could go back to that farmhouse, although everything burned there. Um, yeah, it just made me wonder what, what was next for her, because we see her sort of hop on this train, and it almost seems like it was impulsive. I wasn't really clear if that had been her plan the whole time. Um, but yeah, I, I found that choice yeah. fascinating. And I, I love Linda's end, because it seems so fitting for her character. Um, mm-hmm. But I also just, like, something about all of her voiceover but the very last lines where she's talking about the friend of hers maybe she'd meet up with the character i was hoping things would work out for her she was a yeah. good friend of mine and that's it like that's where yeah. the movie ends yeah it's a great line yeah and yeah. them like running down the train tracks like yeah it's it's a really yeah. it's a really yeah. good ending i love this movie um ebert quotes good <laughs> what uh Okay, so I messaged you guys like Eber freaking yeah. nailed this movie, and it's the it's specifically the first paragraph, which uh, he mentions that uh, this movie was generally criticized for having muted emotions, which I think can be drawn back to the how plotless it is and how weirdly it's mixed and how not much happens. And, and we see it from such a distance too. Like the point of it is allegedly this sort of like passionate love triangle, but we we really see mm-hmm. it from a distance for the most part. Yeah. And he says uh but watching this uh 1978 film again, I was more struck than ever with the conviction that this is a story of a teenage girl told by her and its subject is the way that hope and cheer would have been beaten down in the heart. And I was like, yeah, that nails it. Like all the people that were like, "Oh, it's not melodramatic or emotional enough is like oh there you go it's and i think that's why it helped that um malik centered some of the story and then later on the entire commentary based off of linda's character which makes all the sort of distance feel real and honest mm-hmm. than yeah. it would have otherwise yeah. yeah i mean that was I, I agree with what you said earlier jill that's basically was like a a choice that essentially saved the film because otherwise i think it would have just felt very it would have felt distant, but with without it being from her perspective, it just would have been distant w- without that yeah. thematic reasoning behind it. What quote did you have, Jana? Um, I, speaking of the voiceover, um, when he, Ebert's describing specifically like the quality of, of the, Linda Mann's voice, when he says, her voice tells us everything we need to know about her character and is so particular and unique, we almost think it tells us about the actress too. It is flat, resigned, emotionless with some kind of quirky Eastern accent. Like, because that was just what really stuck out to me where her voice is so, yeah, particular, basically. Like, unique in a way that really draws your attention. Um, but which that I... I have well. uh, the very next sentence, <laughs> which is <laughs> the whole story is told by her, but her words are not a narration as much as a parallel commentary with the sides and footnotes. So we're all going hard on uh, Linda Manz's performance here, yeah. but it's so it's so good mm-hmm. and it's um, like it's such an unusual narration. And like he says, it's it's not narration in the traditional sense of like a noir, where like a, one of the more famous narrations that I know of and and like is like mm-hmm. walter neff and double indemnity where he's like telling the story this is she doesn't tell anything that you don't see on that or that that like um drives the narration forward to what's going on on screen it's all just like 
her stray thoughts. And mm-hmm. I love that about this movie and really about mm-hmm. his whole style of filmmaking. It's it's one of the things that draws me to Malik as a filmmaker. So it's very good. Mm-hmm. Well, no one pointed out the last I was, I was gonna, of this review. I was going to say, I feel like we'd be remiss I thought for sure someone if we would. didn't. I would say the whole last, is it the whole last paragraph, basically? Yeah, I, I could yeah. read the whole paragraph. Mm-hmm. It's a short paragraph. What is the point of Days of Heaven? The payoff, the message, this is a movie made by a man who knew how something felt and found a way to evoke it in us. That feeling is how a child feels when it lives precariously and then is delivered into security and joy and then has it all taken away again and blinks away the tears and says it doesn't hurt. Yeah, pretty good. Man, this is like probably yeah, Ebert's good best stuff. essay. Just it's really incredible good. work by the man himself. Yeah. All right. Agreed. Dylan, so. thumbs up, thumbs down. Up. Gina? Thumbs up. Thumbs up for me, Dylan. Uh, stars? Four. Jana? You know, I, I came in thinking I was going to say three and a half, but I, I think after our conversation, I'm up to a four. Yeah. I'll go with four. And I'm, absolute, I'm absolutely it. going four. Uh, I, this might be my second favorite movie of this uh, batch that we're doing, which is saying a lot because we are watching some incredible movies Wait. during the set it's is it just behind kane then yeah yeah hmm okay <laughs> casablanca getting snubbed a little there that's but that's, that, fine. that's the one that i'm like it, i don't know if crazy... it's i don't know if it's quite number two it's but it's I mean, I, i'm gonna have to think about ranking this and casablanca because those are i mean they're very they're such different films that it's tough and this grouping oh, yeah. this grouping ends with do the right thing like this is which a, is by this far is a my heck, favorite of this group this is a heck of a of a season we've got going here yeah, yeah. which yeah uh let's let's freaking go yeah um so we got decalogue next and then do the right thing is that how it goes yeah uh detour after oh, Detour. Yeah. Gosh. I'm excited oh, about right. Detour. I forgot heck? about that. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that one. Quick round of what you guys been watching. Dylan? Uh, well, let me see. I watched Interview with a Vampire um, a couple days ago now, and that was an interesting movie. Um, definitely enjoyed it. Pretty fun. Um also recently watched uh oh i watched another uh vampire movie which was the black exploitation film ganjin hess which was oh, sure. incredible oh my god that movie was so good um i watched best in show oh no did we i think i did that last time Maybe. i don't think so i don't know Either way, best in show. It's been a couple weeks movie. since you recorded. <laughs> Great movie, yeah. Yep. Um, Hubert should have won the show. Just absolute criminal that Hubert didn't win. I know they give reasons for why he didn't win in the show, but boo. <laughs> and then also I watched the uh, miniseries The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which um, I, it didn't completely land for me. and um, But it, it was very, I would say it's very watchable. It's definitely an easy binge, and um, oh, is it an easy binge? I was worried that it looked kind of like intense based on some of the oh, stuff no, I'd no, seen, no. but it's not okay. I mean, there's some, there's some emotional intense moments, but like, okay. I, I like I, I could have just watched it all in a row, okay. um, cool. even if I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And uh, the I, I I know her much more as a director, but uh, Marielle Heller, oh yeah, uh, she's in, is it, in huh? like three episodes fit it, 
and she just blows that show oh, out of the great. water. Like it's just wor- worth watching just for her role. I did not know so she was good. an actress. And Anya Taylor Joy is like Anya Taylor Joy is like so good. So yeah. Nice. Wait, did you did you watch Queen's Gambit, Nick? No. Oh, okay. But you you just didn't know Marielle Heller was in it then. I didn't know she even acted. I only know her as a director. Yeah, same. Yeah. Anyway, that was me. Jana. Cool. Um, yeah, so I watched a couple, not a ton of movies over the past couple of weeks um, since we last recorded, but a cu- I did watch a couple of new movies, 2020 releases, um, watched Sofia Coppola's On the Rocks, which I liked <gasps> quite a bit. Hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty excellent. Um, and I, I, maybe I thought it was pretty excellent because my expectations were like kind of middling because the reviews had been a little bit mixed. Um, but I thought it was really great. I, I liked it. Uh, Bill Murray's fantastic. Rashida Jones is good. Um, I dug it. It's a fun movie. Recommend. It's on Apple Plus and maybe elsewhere. I'm not sure. Um, and then this weekend, I watched one of my favorite movies I've seen so far this year with by far the worst title of any movie I've seen in a long time, which is a movie called Shithouse, um, <laughs> a tiny indie movie. That was um, it won it won the jury prize at South by Southwest this year. The one that got canceled like right on the eve of happening. Is that the Dylan um, Galula movie? It's the Dylan Galula yes. movie. Yeah, who and is just the is best Twitter follower written, yeah, she ever. Written, written, directed, edited by, and starring this guy. I think it's, it's Cooper Rafe. I believe is how his mm-hmm. name is pronounced. He's like twenty three years old. It's so upsetting. Um, it's really good. Like, it's, it's just a sweet movie. Um, it's getting very understandable comparisons to Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically about this these pair of this the guy and girl who spend a night together and sort of, like, talking and, uh, you know, all this stuff. Baseball movie. There's multiple scenes of them, like, playing baseball in it. So has that going for it? <laughs> um, yeah, highly recommend. It's um, – I rented it on Amazon. It's, like, a six ninety nine rental right now. Um, it's very sweet. It's, like – it's very emotional, especially if you are like a sensitive person who had trouble adjusting at college, because it's basically about being a sensitive person who had trouble adjusting at college. Um, but I highly recommend it. I, I thought it was excellent. So those are nice. my highlights. What about you, Nick? Uh, let's see. We rewatched, or I rewatched, nearly watched for the first time, uh, Little Women, which is still a good movie. Um, still good. Around- Wait, Nelly hadn't seen it? No, I, I, I saw it in theaters without her. Yeah. Um, during election That's coverage, what you gotta do when you got the kiddos at home. Yeah. During election coverage, I Shoot. I watched uh, Wet Hot American Summer, Pop Star, and Clue while doom scrolling Twitter. Uh, so I don't know if nice. those actually count. Wait, as... you you watch Pop Star? Yeah, I've seen all these before. It was just like something to have on the background well, to slightly relieve my stress. Yeah. Marielle Heller's only other main acting credit is in Pop Star. Who's she in Pop Star? She's listed as a documentary crew. A part of the documentary crew in the movie. I don't. I don't. I don't know, I don't know she, where I don't, she I don't is. Know but she, I was yeah, like, wow. I don't know what she looks like. So I would. I would need to see a picture of her. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. So I guess we both watched Marielle Heller acted <laughs> stuff this week, Nick. Um, what else? I watched Journey into Fear, which is like a noirish Wells that I. It's one of his weaker um, efforts. True Stories, the David Byrne movie. Um, I watched the. What was that? It's all right. I th- is it super weird? It's really weird. Yeah. I, it. My big complaint is that it doesn't have enough musical numbers in it. 
Sure. I mean, it's a David Byrne movie, so that's a fair yeah. expectation. So I, I thought there would be a lot more musical numbers and a loss, a lot less weird people vignettes, which are like <laughs> sort of entertaining. Some of them, some of them, I like couldn't get on the same. I just couldn't like track with the sense of humor. Sometimes it's just like a little too quirky gotcha. for me, but um, it's all right. It's not bad. Gotcha. Uh, I watched the watermelon woman. Um, I watched the, what what did you think of watermelon? This is the one I'm curious about. What did you think of watermelon woman? It was okay. It, it also, it has like the, um, that nineties indie aesthetic that, um, it took me a while to get used to it when I watched it. I never really got used to it. There, like one thing that I noticed is, um, there's a lot of times where characters will be talking and one of the actors will flub their lines and they don't edit around it. They just keep mm-hmm. going and it, no. it really it really distracted me. Uh, but the story is... So re- I just Google image searched some pictures from this movie because I wasn't... I've, I know about the movie, mm-hmm. but I'm not familiar with what it looks like. And yeah, it looks, from the pictures, I'm like, that <laughs> looks like a really cheap 90s indie it movie. It looks very like, 90s. Um, but the, sto- the story is um, really interesting. And then she does a lot of interesting like um, meta things with the filmmaking technique. So I... Uh-huh. I you know, it's it's got some it's got some good stuff in there, but it's was it her first movie? Do you know? Yeah, and I think it's her only feature length okay. uh, scripted movie. Most of the other yeah. stuff it looks like she's done is either shorts, shorts. or documentaries. Okay. Yeah, Which, I mean, even this is kind of like a faux documentary. Yeah, it's a pseudo documentary or like a it's sort of a mockumentary, I guess, but it's not really mocking. It's just a fake documentary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's rough around the edges in the way like all low budget movies in the '90s were rough around the edges. Um, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, so I watched uh, the Assistant, the um, Kitty Green movie from this year, which I think Julia Gardner's got to be my best actress of the year so far. Is a very good movie. Nice. All right, it's it's going up my list. I'm gonna do it. Gonna yeah, watch it. It's that was kind of like a. I'm like, all right, we're just pulling the trigger and we're doing it. It's the same way we're going to have to pick a pick a deadline to watch Never Really, Never Sometimes, Sometimes yeah, Always, yeah, and just go for it. <laughs> be like, oh, all right. Fuck, tonight's tonight. Do it. Fine. Um, <laughs> I rewatched Inside Lewin Davis, and I watched all of the lovely bonus features to that on the Criterion, which there are some great bonus things to that, especially the, so con- good on the, that con- one. the concert to that is just such a joy. I've watched it so many times. Yeah, I've, I've listened to it so many times. And then I yeah. I cracked into the Varda box set, so I watched LaPointe Court last night. And then I watched, um, I cracked into the Romare box set, so I watched The Bakery Girl of Monceau, which is a short film. And then another short film that he made in like 1950 or 1951 called Charlotte and Her Steak. It's a nine-minute short that stars hmm. a, a friend of the show named Jean-Luc Godard. Oh yeah, Ugh. indeed. Which is uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a very like. There's not much there. It's a early short, but it was interesting to see Godard in an acting role, like way before he became uh, a filmmaker. So, yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah. Watch. Well, I guess that's over the last two weeks. I didn't watch all that in one week. I'm not a right. I'm not a lunatic. Yeah. And then I watched um, election coverage. W- way too much election coverage. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. I lost basically an entire week to that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Steve Kornacki. Legend. Yeah. I'm 
I'm happy to have the combination of that being over and not yeah. watching people pointing at maps anymore. And um, we talked about this uh, earlier, but um, having the end of the year, like with the Gotham Award nominations coming out, I'm like, I can make some real to-do lists of like real movies that are streamable mm-hmm. that I can like prioritize. So I'm not just sitting here being like, I can't decide what to watch. I guess I'll just put MSNBC back on. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn off the news and watch some movies. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so bef- before before we go though, we gotta talk about some news from today. Yeah, though. yeah. I was I was just about to say before we wrap up, um, we just found out earlier today that uh, last night Sumitra Chatterjee passed away due to complications from COVID nineteen. Uh, people who haven't seen it, he is the star of the third uh, of the Apu trilogy movies, The World of Apu, and he's also in Charulata, and he was in a few other. Uh, Sacha Ray movies, but I've only seen him in those two. Have you seen any of his other movies? I no, that's all I've yeah. seen okay. yet. But I'm going to try to watch Devi sometime in the next week to make up for that. Okay. Yeah, which is I think his last really big Ray movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but and he uh, was one of the standouts from that whole like first season of movies that we covered. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I, I, Nick, you you really like. Uh, Sherwood right? Like, yeah, oh, it's just yeah, absolutely. an insane movie. And he's so good in it. Yeah. And it's just, it's quite a loss. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, yeah. So, with that, uh, thanks to our buddy, as always, Scott Brady, for doing our artwork. You can find him at S Brady Artist on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter and Letterboxd at Great Movies Pod. And next week, we are covering the decalogue i don't have any access it's unwatchable it's not it's, uh, unless, unless unless you own it people like mm-hmm. us uh, right. unless i mean it's probably available it might be available from your library so mm-hmm. if people are interested in checking it out by all means check out your library you may have access to it through them or but as far right, as i know right now true. when this comes out there should still be the uh, the barnes noble criterion sale going on if you do want to buy it and i i mean i think it's absolutely worth uh, a purchase if you have the means because it's um, it's a lot like the world of Apu actually where I mean we'll we'll get into it but it, it certainly feels like all, the world of Apu all three of those movies were very good but when you put them all together as one like unit it, mm-hmm. it the whole becomes greater than the sum of its parts and that's kind of how I feel about the decalogue too like each individual chapter is good to great but then uh, all 10 of them is is a piece is just like i think fantastic so i think it's worth uh picking up if you're yep. into collecting uh the criterions mm-hmm. all right so we have a lot of a lot of decalogue to <laughs> still watch between the three lot, of us over the next week a lot to get through and yeah. talk about by next week yeah 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 so uh, i'm i'm looking forward to talking about it though i think it's going to be a fun yeah. one same. Alrighty. So, Roger out. Roger, Roger out. out. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people. Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Nick Fulton. 
I'm, I'm Jana Gardner. <laughs> we haven't done that in so long. <laughs> All right, do it again, Dylan. You go second. I'll go third. <laughs> Should I start from the beginning? <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Has, has he chatted us? What's happening? You just said one sec, lol. Hello. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sounds good. We need one of those. You know that screenshot from The Simpsons that's like technical difficulties, please stand by? Like, we just need yeah. that for every time Nick's internet goes out. <laughs> it's like, knock wood. We had, the, there were like those two weeks in a row where my internet went out. I know. And it's been smooth sailing other than that for me. <laughs> but then I think Nick got all the bad, bad Look, internet. I wonder when my internet will start dying on me. Your turn will come, I'm sure. Probably when I move out of my parents' house with all their high-speed internet, oh. and I have to pay for my own low-speed internet. Yeah, once you're paying for your own, uh, presumably cheaper, crappier internet. Yep. Yeah, then then, <laughs> then it'll it be me the whole time, just like. Uh, uh. Yeah, you can. You'll you'll build back up. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, an interview with the vampire was fun. Oh, yeah. Did you like it? I meant to ask. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I haven't logged good, in the right? letterbox, but it'd be a three. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I haven't revisited it, but I, I loved it as a teen. I watched it a bunch when I was younger. It's so um, gay. It's super gay. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, and obviously the, the Brad Pitt and, and Tom Cruise of it all is, I think, what's most remembered. But Banderas is really Ooh, good in it. Ooh, Band- I didn't even know Banderas was in it. I was just like, yeah, God damn. Um, Baby Kirsten Dunst, obviously. I was shocked highlight. at that. It took me like a yeah. scene to realize it, and then they did a close-up mm-hmm. on her face. Well, I was watching hard. through this screen share, and it was really choppy and not very good mm. quality, so I couldn't see it, it super well. So, oh, were you doing like a like an online yeah. movie watch with somebody? Yeah. Because at first when you said you were going to watch it, I'm like, did your parents want to watch that? That doesn't no. seem No, I watched <laughs> it with these friends of mine and uh yeah the screen wasn't that great and so it took until like there was a close-up of her face and i was like oh my god that's kristen dunce her face hasn't changed at all no not at all it's like a real constant hey nick welcome back we're talking interview with the vampire while you were away oh no no audio no audio hello oh there you are